0: Tune in to the Neil prendeville show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.
1: this morning says hot and sticky humidity with thundery downpours will replace the scorching weather uh, this weekend. So again, that's, it's hard to have a national forecast because it's very different regionally, isn't it? Uh, one thing we know about the entire country is the dominance of COVID and the big story regarding uh, the Delta virus and where we're going forward. Because we had a bit of a... A respite from all of that for some time and everything was looking good. And then, of course, uh, we have uh, another wave or another surge on the way. Who's saying that? Neffet are saying it on many of the front pages today. Like this mayor this morning says, the fourth wave is on the way. Uh, The death toll from COVID in Ireland now since back in March has passed 5,000. And we're on the cusp of a fourth wave. As the death toll hits, as I say, uh, five um, thousand. Actually, we had uh, two deaths yesterday and four hundred and forty-eight new cases. So we're powerless to stop this Delta wave, according to Neff. But it's the front pager on the Irish Independent, and uh, the country is braced for a new surge. It'll make no difference, he says. Uh, says Tony Houlahan, uh vaccinating more and more young people now. Um, that won't. You won't see any improvement in those kind of. Um, scenarios until September or October. He says... Uh, but it will hit across August and September and it will cost lives, he's saying. Uh, they're also saying with regards to Neffet and the CMO uh, that they are not anti-alcohol. They are just pro-public health. So that's another article that makes the star today. But many of the papers talk of this fourth wave on the way and the stark warning of hospitalizations and deaths. A very significant increase, apparently, in County Waterford, as an example. There was a very big outbreak in Dungarvan. I imagine that's the the Delta uh, variant. Big outbreak in Dungarvan, which began in a pub, they're saying, and spread to a number of other settings by all accounts. But where are we at with the digital cert? Well, apparently this digital COVID cert, for those that are vaccinated or those that have already tested positive and had um, yeah, COVID-19. That's three weeks away. And that's for travel. And um, They're not sure as to whether that will be used for dining or not. The hospitality industry have said no. But we're looking at um, three weeks time when hundreds of thousands of people, according to the Star, are set to receive their digital COVID cert, according to the Tornista, So that's proof then that travelers have been fully vaccinated or have recovered from the virus. Uh, and off you go on your summer hauls. But you're still being encouraged by the government and by an not to go on a summer holiday. So is that is that July, July 19th? Maybe, because it's almost three weeks away, I suppose. Uh, but we do expect them within the next three weeks. So hundreds of thousands of people will either get a digital COVID cert electronically. I don't know what that'd be to your phone. Would it be an email? But many others then who don't have either of those as, uh, options will get it by post uh, for international travel, border checks and things like that. So... On Lee's side, then, you have Shandon Travel's uh, Managing Director, Michael Dorley, saying that it's regrettable that travellers have to wait uh, to travel, despite the launch already. Many countries have already launched them. I think maybe all of Europe has, except for us, this new EU COVID certificate. He says it's regrettable that the government won't go in line with other EU countries in relation to travel now. Uh, some are saying the delays with regards to rolling it out here has to do with the HSE hack. Um, and then teachers make this morning's mail where they've been told that they'll get the jab before they go back to school. These are secondary school teachers assured that they'll all be fully vaccinated before they go back. Uh, and, of course, we see many countries powering ahead, particularly with regards to sports and concerts. And, and in the UK, the Times UK this morning talks of... Um, uh, I know they call it Euro 2020. It's because it didn't happen last year, but it's bizarrely still called Euro 2020. We got the quarterfinals now where, um, the, I think the match is in Rome for the England clash with Romania. Who, who will Cork people be supporting, incidentally? England, uh, v, um, v Ukraine. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming it'll be England, but it's seeing as a lot of Irish people support English soccer clubs. But would the same be said for the national team, text 0868-104-106? But those that can't travel to Rome, they've been told, yeah, watch the match for sure, but not in huge groups indoors, watch it outdoors. And the ex-Lord Mayor Chris Soleri makes the front of the um, echo this morning. It's interesting as we were talking about, about children yesterday being used as drug mules and drug runners. Uh, He's saying that uh, youths are now running drugs in large numbers across Cork City and suburbs. And he says it's the sign of the times uh, that often news of their child's activity hits the parents like a bolt of lightning. He's quoted as saying they feel it's, uh, apparently drug dealers feel it's safer uh, to give it to the younger ones because they rarely get stopped by the Gardaí. Um And then at a council level, um, I see that the Cork Independence headline this week talks of uh, ca- claims against Cork City Council. They haven't gone away, you know, and it's all slips and trips, apparently. they that, That's what always tops the compensation claims li- list to Cork, County, Cork uh, City and County Council. And the Cork ca- County Council is dealing with... Um, Something in the region of 501 active claims now against the county council, primarily for footpath slips and trips, followed by potholes, um, damaging cars and tires. The story I'll come back to in a few minutes time is uh, to do with uh, prime time last night and two Cork families whose loved ones died in Ballyno Nursing Home. There was two featured in Primetime last night, if you saw it. One was the Care Choice Ballyno in Cork, and the other was Caracalla in Ennis. So that dominates many of the papers, which we'll come back to a little later this morning. But apparently there's been a 100% increase, or a Zoom boom, if you like, in nips and tucks, and people getting surgical and non-surgical nose jobs, for instance, or dermaphila treatments. Why? Because they've been looking at themselves on Zoom calls or what have you. Digitized images of themselves on computer screens. And they don't like what they see. So they're rushing off to get work done. That's an interesting one. Ian Bailey makes the papers today. French prosecutors now have reached out to Bailey to say, come on over to France if you want uh, to chat with us about the claims about a hitman killing Sophie. I don't think you'll be taking a flight to France anytime soon. And a very interesting story in The Echo, where a community group who are out tidying up Cork's coastline and tidying up the beaches says that some of the beach waste on Cork beaches is 60 years old. They recently found in a cleanup a washing powder box from the 1960s. And it's still around, a washing powder box from the 1960s. Apparently, Kino is so useless when it comes to uh, little minor jobs, uh, that instead of fixing a puncture, uh, it's alleged in the mirror this morning that he threw the bike out recently. He's a big cycling fan. He's clueless about repairs, so he threw away his first road bike because he couldn't fix the puncture. I mean, that does not sound like Roy Keane. It sounds to me as if he would, cut, he would attack that puncture like it was a soccer match, and he would stick with it um, through thick or thin until he fixed it. But throw the bike away? doesn't sound like Kino to me. And then the papers today talk of Love Island. I'm being told by Love Island fans that it's nowhere like last year's Love Island. I think Brenda's watching it. I might chat with you later on about, about Love Island. Apparently, I don't know whether you know it or not, but the contestants are getting death threats. And also, a worrying story that I came across in the Sunday Times of the weekend, and I might come back to this next week, is the amount of women who are breastfeeding babies lags way behind the rest of Europe. And they are saying that it might have to do with maternity hospitals not encouraging women enough uh, to breastfeed. There's a story that made the Sunday Times uh, that quoted one particular new mam who says, I really wanted to breastfeed. It was really important to me. But the baby was struggling and crying and the nurse encouraged her to give the baby formula. At one stage, the nurse said, you're starving the child, which she wasn't. She later got it diagnosed when she got discharged by a consultant that it was an issue regarding Tongue tie. Uh, but apparently, only 40% of babies are breastfed at three months in this country, and that there's way too much marketing of baby formula uh, to healthcare professionals. And that's the reason why there's low breastfeeding rates. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show.
1: Here's a worry for people who go to the beach and then try and enjoy a bit of sunshine. Please don't give up my details. I'm from the countryside, but I took a trip to the beach in y'all yesterday. My children and I were walking along when a bunch of grown women came along and attacked a young girl on the beach. The young girl had at least four children in her company. They were hitting her, And the children watching were in an awful state. The language was vile. I was shocked shocked to see that they were all women. To finish it off, one of the women spat at one of the children. What in the name of God is going on these days? Is it even safe to take our kids to the beach these days? It ruined our day. I can't stop thinking of the poor children. Absolutely, because that's probably the kind of carry-on that they're witnessing on a regular basis. So their upbringing is far from normal. Anyway, lines open on that one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text to eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Aoife, good morning. Morning. Who's afraid of needles? Oh me! All your life. Yeah. And how do you get about it? Do you, like? Do you ever need an injection?
2: No, I haven't got one since I was five.
1: And I'm 66 now. And you like, have you ever needed one? Because like I, I'm, I'm not too keen in them. But I just look away. I just look the other way.
2: No, it's not. that... A, you see, this is something nobody understands. It's it's a morbid fear. It's not um, going in there and saying shit. I don't like needles, so I won't look at the needles. Yeah,
1: it's worse than that.
2: It's the whole build-up. It's like I'm sitting outside the centre now, waiting for my You're house
1: yeah. House. You are sitting outside Parky Cueve, are you? Yeah?
2: Yeah, my husband has gone in for his second jab. And when he comes out, more than likely, I will be physically sick because I know he will be able to get a jab and he's actually sitting in the same car as me. Like like, people said to me, you're 66, get over it. It's only a needle, it doesn't hurt. That has nothing to do with it. I know I'm 66, I know it's only a needle. But it's this inbuilt thing inside me where I just want to go into a hole.
1: You're very upset from it. You're not, it's, yep. it. It's not just you getting a, a needle or a jab. It's sitting in the same car as somebody who has just had a jab. Yeah. It's, why are you? F- why does that bother you, though? I mean, it's somebody else.
2: I, I don't know. It's, it's part of the fear I have of needles. It, I think it goes back to when I was five years of age and... Um, I was looking the girl playing and my mum called me in and she said, I need you to come down to the sit room. And the doctor was sitting there with a syringe in his hand and she turned me upside down and he sat the needle in my bottom and I ran up to Gerrit and screaming. And that was it as far as I
1: was concerned. So how are you no, going to get vaccinated?
2: This is just it. I can't. I can't.
1: You can't bring yourself to going in? No, What? no. What would happen? You'd have a panic attack? Well, I'm, I'm shaking. i was out in the car just outside the centre. And had you an appointment that you haven't gone to? No, no, no. You haven't been called yet, is it? I haven't
2: um, applied for it.
1: <gasps> okay, okay, okay. You need to get hypnotised.
2: Uh, I need something in it because I... And I have grandchildren and, you know, for their sake, I need to get it done.
1: Yeah. And I wonder if like, there's anybody listening who had a morbid fear of needles and how they dealt with it, particularly if they managed to sort it out. You you want to get vaccinated, don't you? Do you?
2: I do, yeah. I do. And I try and talk myself into it. And... I actually went as far as the chemist shop, the other day and I was going to say it to them if you could get one in here for me you know and just do it because I know them all but as soon as I walked into the chemist what happened with my feet there's someone in my feet going numb I can't walk I can't feel my feet it's it's, it's horrendous
1: That's terrible that, cause it's kind of important because you, you want to get vaccinated you're saying you, you have grandchildren you want to get your life back
2: Yeah and I can't as much as I wanted and I way up the prayers and cans the whole time Your what? I weigh up the pros and cans but I try to talk to myself about it and not when it comes to it, I can't I can't do it physically I would go into a corner and curl up in a ball and just I don't know I can't explain it
1: And does your husband know?
2: Oh he does yeah yeah my friends they all keep saying, it. it'll be over in two seconds. It'll be, you know, it'll be grand. Look, I got it. Everyone's getting it. I know all that. I know all that. But I just, they don't understand how I feel. Yeah,
1: feed. It's, it's you wouldn't even get as far as getting into the same room as a needle, you know, for it to take... Oh. It, like, it does only take a couple of seconds, you hardly, you won't even, you know, you don't really feel anything, you know, but you wouldn't, I'm you may be able to, to get that far.
2: I'm not worried about that, you see. Like, I must be the only mother in the world need when my kids were small, and they used to get their three-in-one injections. I used to hold them one hand on their knees and the other hand up in their neck in case he'd miss their bottom and get me instead. No, I mean... <laughs> That
1: may sound ridiculous. No, it's no, it does not because it's real. You're experiencing it. That is how you feel. Brian Evans is a hypnotherapist. He has dealt with this before. Uh, Brian, good morning. Good morning. How are you keeping? How much of this did you hear? In my conversation with IFA. Uh,
3: I only just caught the last bit, but uh, I'm sure I could help the uh, the poor
1: lady. Okay, hey, oh. ju- just talk to me about why she's feeling this way.
3: Um, basically, I'm presuming that it's From when she was very young, she had a bad experience.
1: That's what she described, yes.
3: Yeah, and basically, um, I'm sure I could help her overcome the fear in a very, very short space of time.
1: And do you mind me asking how? Are you able to share how you would be able to do that?
3: Well, I deal with the subconscious, and the subconscious uh, has built this fear to a phobia now. Yeah and we could uh, unlearn that problem uh, between us, and uh, she could overcome that fear and have the injection very, very smoothly and uh, successfully. So
1: are you you saying that your treatment and therapy comes with a guarantee?
3: Uh,
1: uh, I couldn't guarantee
3: anything, uh, but successfully, I'm sure I could help her.
1: And is is it one session? Is it a series of sessions?
3: Uh, everybody's different, but uh, the majority of people only need one or two
1: sessions. Because she, her legs freeze. Describe what happens again, Aoife?
2: It's like the soles of my feet. They go like pins and needles and I can't feel them. And I can't stand, I can't walk away from the situation. You know, if I'm near a needle, I can't get away from it. And and that's when I feel like I just need to sit on the ground and Put my arms around my legs and just curl up in the ball.
1: Okay. Well, you I'm glad. I'm glad now that you picked up the phone because things are about to get an awful lot better for you. All right. Yep. hopefully. And because um, you want to get over this, you you never did anything about it in the in the sixty years of your life.
2: No. Okay.
1: Okay. No. Okay. So, Brian, where where are you based? Uh, in Coke. Just got a text here from somebody said they were drinking six litres of Coke Zero a day, and you got them off it.
3: Yes, uh, very successfully, and it only took perhaps one or two sessions.
1: Well, what do you What do you make them do? Un- d- dislike?
3: I don't, make, I don't make people do anything. I basically talk to their subconscious under hypnosis, which is very very. Uh, receptive to the suggestions that I give them. Okay. And excuses and they unlearn the problem that they've had for many years generally.
1: Okay. Okay. So can we make this happen? Do you mind? Will you see Eva and try and make it right for her? Of course I would. Okay. Are you happy to do that, Eva?
2: Oh I'm very happy, yes.
1: Okay. Okay. Well okay, so we'll make that happen. You can make an appointment. Can, can it be done fairly rapidly, do you think, Brian?
3: Yes, very rapidly. If she's available
1: uh, tomorrow. Does that work for yeah. you, Aoife? It, it would, uh. Okay, all right. Okay, Eva, I'll let you go. I hope to be talking to you maybe sometime next week when you're in a much much better place, all right? Thanks
2: a million, Neil. I okay. really, really appreciate it. Not at
1: all. I'm glad you picked up the phone. Well done for doing that. That was the first step. That was the most important step. That's done. I'll put you into Brian Evans' hands, all right?
2: Thanks
1: you, You're welcome. You. Brian, can I, just generalising, what other kind of issues do you deal with? Um,
3: I would think the majority is anxiety, um, panic attacks and that sort of thing. Um, that's at least 40, 40% of my work at least. Um, eating disorders, weight loss, obviously smoking, cessation. I've stopped, I would think, well over 5,500 people from smoking over the years. Crikey.
1: That's an amazing achievement. And the anxiety and the stress and the panic attacks, are is that a condition that you're seeing more of as the years go by? Yes, I'm seeing
3: far more anxiety-based uh, issues.
1: And is it for all different reasons?
3: Uh, all different reasons, yes. And I would think the, the COVID situation has caused an awful lot of it with... Uh, social anxiety and things
1: like that ok ok and if people want to get in touch how can they do so uh, just give me a call 86
3: okay I'll give out that number again in a few minutes are you on the,
1: have you a website or a Facebook page Instagram anything like yes, that yes uh, quitwithbrian.com quitwithbrian.com I give Aoife yeah. over to your care and let's see how you get on and we'll talk again next week at some stage alright that's great. Thank you very much. million thanks. Brian Evans, hypnotherapist. Uh, back after the break, text 0868-104-106. Good start to the day. Things are just going to get a hell of a lot better for Aoife.
0: Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM.
1: Okay, so that's good news. And more good news, it's Friday, which means that it's a uh, Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. Real Wood Fire Pizza in Douglas, Clonacilty, Bandon, Prince Street and Gillabby Street. The new stores at the East Village and Douglas. So we'll have three winners again today. Each of you will receive four large pizza vouchers and two sides. You can go and collect them then wherever you want at any of the branches piping hot and have a party so three winners with four large pizzas in size uh, text who you are and where you are to 0868104106 and we'll start those shout outs a little later on this morning also it's day five uh, last day of our 400 euro voucher giveaway for living dreams furniture and bedding in Little Island and uh, you can follow them on Facebook and Instagram they've got modern spacious showrooms behind the NCT at Little Island in the commercial centre and uh, we of a 400 euro voucher to give away the final one today all based on your stories about your own dreams your own cra- the, the best dream story you can tell basically so that's by text to 0868104106. If you're emailing, please include a mobile phone number, emailing neil at redfm.ie. Um, big response yesterday, of course, because we were talking a lot more this week, unfortunately, about COVID. You know, you try and move away from it and it keeps dragging you back. So a huge response to that in various different, uh, uh different aspects of uh, COVID primarily, I suppose, the Delta variant. Nefet now has to justify their modelling, and Nefet now must be proven right. Over the next few weeks, you're going to see a rise in cases and probably a full lockdown by the end of July and the start of August. They'll also threaten the return to school to get as many people vaccinated as possible. Well, that's almost like a dream or a premonition in itself. Have the government any, any, any say anymore on the opening of business or running this country? It looks like Tony Houlihan is the leader of the country now. Uh, He sure loves to control us and he'll keep it going as long as he can. The sooner they get him out, the sooner we can get the country back together and back to normal. But what about the the modelling and what about the numbers they're suggesting that are inevitably going to come? Um, Neffet needs to be disbanded. They've been a shambles from day one. They failed the elderly in the old folks' homes. They lied about the amount of deaths that we would have. They've caused a backlog in the healthcare system with waiting lists. They've caused thousands of people to go undiagnosed with cancer and other illnesses. They're clinging to power at all costs now. Tony Hoolan has a track record that would have had him struck off anywhere else in the world. Then we are kept being told it's only two weeks, which is bull, as we're in the longest lockdown in the world. Now they're trying to force people to take the vaccine or you won't get the same freedoms as the vaccinated. This is against our human rights, you know. Our airline and hospitality sectors are ruined. This government has failed the country and Neffet needs to be disbanded. We should be reopened now, but they're hoping to keep us locked down till we hit flu season. So there are just a few texts, 0868104106. Part of that text actually said they failed the elderly in old folks' homes and they lied about the amount of deaths that we actually had in this country. I don't know whether you saw Primetime last night. I certainly did. It featured nursing homes. Well, primarily two nursing homes in Ireland. And this was the wave in January, February of this year that they were looking at primarily. And they looked at two different nursing homes. Uh, one was in, I believe, uh, County Clare, one called Car- Um And the other... Uh, was uh, Ballynow, Care Choice in Prime um, Primetime Investigates went into it in quite an amount of detail and the papers pick up on that this morning. Like we, if you possibly knew, but uh, there were over 2,000 uh, deaths in nursing homes in Ireland. 2,000. So nursing home deaths in Ireland accounted for two-thirds of all deaths from COVID in nursing homes. And in ballino a 51-bed nursing home, there were 21 residents confirmed to have died, 21 out of 51. Um, and there was a lot of criticism of Ballyno from medical experts who featured in primetime last night. And also, there was a lot of sadness and unanswered questions from loved ones of, um, of, um, of people who were staying, residents at Ballyno And amongst them was Sean Kelleher's man. Sean, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. I assume you watched it last night. I imagine you probably did. I did, did, I did.
4: Um, I would imagine for anybody watching it, it it was horrific. Um, Really, it's only the tip of the iceberg. I've known about this for the last couple of months.
1: Um, Like I met with the the whistleblower on several occasions. Um, There was a whistleblower in both, both County Clare in Cajarcalla and also in Ballynoa, wasn't there? I think there was yes. Uh, Both the, of them got onto HSC and Hicwa and things like that.
4: yes. The whistleblower in Ballynore got onto um, the Minister for Health, Hicwa, HSC management within Ballynore, and basically got no response, no help. And just after reading an article there in the the Independent uh, by a girl called Arlene, her uncle Jimmy Lee. Was in uh, in Ballyno, an absolute terrific gentleman. Uh, I used to see him pretty much every day when I used to go up to visit my mother, and um, he was the kind of go-to guy for the news. So, like, you know, if we didn't see him, my mother would say, "Come on, we go find Jimmy and find out the news." He'd your mother, Margaret, he
1: yeah, your mother, Margaret.
4: Yes, uh, yeah, you know, he'd tell you who was, who was getting a new hip or who was not feeling well. Um, like hope hopefully from this fact that we will get an inquiry and that people will what
1: was that what was that what was Jimmy saying that he he saw people getting sick or he saw he knew of them passing away was it
4: that's right, and he was moved from his his own room That like he was um he was big into gardening and he was looking after the garden and um he was shifted from his room then to a different room, and he said all he could hear while well, reading the article, all he could hear was charlie's being rolled past. His door, like with bodies on it, and he said, "I'm doomed." He said, "You know, I mean that's frightening." And my heart goes out to Arlene. Yeah. You know, it is like it is unbelievable. Um, did Jimmy pass away? He, he did. yeah, sorry, he did. He was eighty-one
1: from COVID in
4: Ballina. Yes, he knew. He, he knew once he once he was in that room. He said he was. He was. His words were that he was doomed.
1: And, um, he knew he was going to die yes you um, see what we heard about about kaharkala firstly um, that, that there were long periods of time that when there was no one in charge there was no nurse on duty for 12 hour periods call bells right. weren't, being, weren't being answered, there was an outbreak of scabies, never mind the COVID the, um, many of the residents had sores many of them got a thing called double padding which they were padded twice I suppose for convenience um, um, so that was Kaharkala. what we What we heard then with regards to Balino was Kathleen Thompson's family, or the mam, mam died there and there was nine of them clawing at the, we saw this in primetime last night, nine of them were at the window and some family residents members were clawing at the grass as their mam was dying inside alone. In fact, one of the children, John, had to go to the front door. Apparently, isn't that right? In Ballynoe, to, to tell them That's in right. Ballynoe that their mam had died. That's right.
4: I, I met with uh, with John as well, um, a lovely guy as well. Um, Ballynoe were denying that that these people were outside the window for two hours, without her, their mother being checked on. But my sister got a, a bit of a brainwave and. She did some, because she, she works in an she did some kind of tracking on Christine's phone and it showed that they were outside Ballynor for two hours and four minutes.
1: Crikey. Using the tracking app on the phones to show where the phone yeah. actually was for two hours. Two hours and four minutes and, you know, Ballymore were denying that then.
4: Um, um, I yeah. think they, they have to be made to stand up and answer questions and they, I think there has to be an inquiry you know, to make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again. You know, like I mean, um, like some of the rooms in Ballynoa, there were two residents, like they had a positive and a negative resident in, in one room. Oh well, my God, if I, if I sent my 13-year-old granddaughter
1: up to run the place, she'd run it better than that. Okay, well, Primetime showed last night that two residents who who were had been tested for COVID. We're in the same day room on January seventh with all of the other residents, awaiting the That's test results. Isn't that right? right? Mixing, walking. mixing with other residents.
4: That's right. They're walking
1: around the building freely. And 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 the day after the seventh of January, both of those residents then tested positive. In fact, subsequently, the majority of staff tested positive. Residents too.
4: That's right. It makes us believe. Now, now we will have to say, like uh, Valino, before COVID. And after COVID or when COVID struck, it was like chalk and cheese. There's just no comparison to the, the place really. Yeah. It just swept through it and it overwhelmed it them. It. There was there was a change in management and I don't know where they lost the plot really.
1: Um, and yeah, and then d didn't we didn't we speak um in February very soon very close to when your man passed away, didn't we? We did, yes. I think we spoke on a Friday and she she passed away on the Saturday, was it?
4: That's right, that's what we were told. But, like, you know, thinking back on it, we don't actually know, did she die on the 5th or the 6th? My sister got a phone, my sister was going to bed about, well, she was on the phone to I know about, I think about 4 past 12. And the person she was speaking to, she said, look, promise me you'll phone me if anything changes. And the person said, look, it could be late. My sister said, I don't care, ring me promised me he will ring me. So he rang about quarter past one and said, your mother is dead. Somebody from management will ring you in the morning. No, that's 20, roughly about 22 weeks ago, nobody from management has rang. I mean, God. you know, I have just, um, continuous, um, sorry, no. I know. I know. Okay. I have just, um, continuous scenario of playing around my head day and night you know like mothers will do anything for their children look after them cherish them and I'm thinking of my poor mother lying there and she's saying like where's my children
1: yeah she she was left alone and she died alone
4: yeah I'm probably thinking like where were we yeah why didn't we come to help her when
1: she you know really needed help it, it must be surreal. Do you sometimes wonder whether whether she actually has passed away or not? I
4: do. Um, I'm not even a hundred percent sure. Was the, the woman we buried was my mother or Camilla? I mean, it was my mother. Um, like we didn't recognize her when we actually did get in to see her. Um, was that because she
1: had changed so much?
4: She lost so much weight. I got a photograph on my phone three weeks before she was uh, at a window visit, talking away, chatting, laughing, and then three weeks later, it wasn't the same woman at all. Lost so much weight, just just totally unrecognizable. That it, is, I don't know. It um, is to like, I don't know. I'm in a constant state of. As well as anxiety, um, wondering did it happen, you
1: know. There was, a, there, was, there was fierce staff shortages because all of the staff were testing positive and had to leave the job, wasn't it? And then the That's nursing right, homes yeah. had to bring yeah. in agency staff and temporary workers and they were completely overwhelmed. But um, you would think that an awful lot of would, would have, this was only in January of this year, you'd think that an awful lot of women would, would have been learned from the previous 12 months I mean, they had twelve months to prepare for this. You know, there was
4: there was a, a plan at at one stage to turn the day room into a COVID ward, and that never materialised. You know, um, It's just beggars belief that it got out of hands or left to get out of hands the way it did, uh, the way we were treated. My, my, you know, ringing, ringing six, seven, eight times, lucky to get through. Being told that oh, her vitals are good, which is eating, drinking, which obviously wasn't the case. I think that was kind of like a, a canned response to anybody who did actually get through. Being told, it was a standard response. Yeah. Yes. Being told uh, somebody will ring you back, no calls
1: coming back. Because your sister Teresa said that, um, you know, that she, she, I remember watching it, she phoned the home at as many as eight times a day and she said, right. if I made contact even once in that day I was lucky. That's right. And
4: being promised that you get calls back which never materialised. Um, I know they were run off their feet, I suppose, um, short staff. but the day I went, that, we, that I did get in to see my mother before, she passed away the day before, um, I didn't recognise one staff member in
1: there. I know. I know. And um So they're talking about a public inquiry now, um, an inquiry into why so many died um, clearly, into general yeah. standards of. They're also calling for a, maybe an inquiry into the general standards of care in nursing homes everywhere. You know, I mean, because one would think that maybe this is a breach of human rights.
4: Yes, definitely. I mean, obviously it's too late for us now, but you know, going forward for other other um, residents in, in care homes that they will be, you know, looked after better, maybe a bit more dignity and just generally treated better. Yeah. I, mean, I, 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 yeah. I, I know. I'm the, I think the people who are in charge of all this, they they have to take some
1: responsibility. When you say in charge, you mean <coughs> the owners of the homes.
4: The owners of the home, the management of the home. If there if there was management at the time, you know, because there were so many people missing.
1: Must have been a very difficult watch for you all last night.
4: It was. You know, um, like I said, I did know all this and more over the last couple of months. So I can imagine people watching it for the first time.
1: Yeah, and you you think think if we were watching nursing homes and deaths in nursing homes in March or April of last year, you say something. But this was just last January, February, um, where you would think that... So much would have been learned, including you wouldn't put residents waiting on a test result into the day room with other elderly vulnerable, frail residents. You just wouldn't do it. Like, no, absolutely. Like, I have no medical experience whatsoever.
4: Like, like, I know you shouldn't do it, you know. Beggars believe that alone. I mean, even if, even, I think going forward, I think there should be some sort of cameras in the rooms where they can, you know, families can view their loved
1: ones. Well, we saw in, in the in the Cala nursing home uh, where the call bells were being rang over and over and over again and one staff member telling the other staff member at the desk, ignore it. I know, I mean, you know, I mean that's horrific, you know,
4: and like, I often told my mother, I said, if, she, if you need anything, I said, ring the bell and she was saying, no, no, I don't want to be disturbing them, They'd be, they're busy, you know, so like, I think... These people only ring if they really need to, if they need something. Well, you know. There was, was one morning up in Ballynor. They were left for, I don't know, it like about five hours? No no breakfast, no drink, nobody came in to see them, no medication. I mean, just because
1: belief. I, that's why um, I'm thinking should there be an inquiry into the general standards of care in nursing homes across the country, even if there was never COVID?
4: Definitely. Uh, I mean, you would hear, like I've heard stories down through the years of people not being treated right in different homes. Um, like I, I thought that, you know, was fantastic before COVID. I thought all the staff there like were very caring, genuinely
1: caring. Like That, that has all changed. Well, all of the caring staff tested positive and couldn't go to work.
0: You know?
4: That's right. I mean, you have to feel sorry for them as well,
1: because they 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 always say the homes always say that their first duty of care is to the health and welfare of the of the of the residents and and the and their families.
4: Yeah, and I think too the the ultimate owner of Careplace are uh, a French hedge fund. I don't think a hedge fund should be involved in healthcare whatsoever.
1: Well well the the inquiry should be looking into why two thirds of all COVID deaths happened in nursing homes. Over two thousand of them.
4: You know? Yeah, and like we did we as a family did everything like like there was once or twice we had an opportunity where we could like early in the time now, where we could have went in went into our mother and I was saying, No, look, it would be terrible like if I went into my mother today and started feeling unwell tomorrow
1: and then to be my father they brought it into the home so yes and that was the reason why you stalled yeah yeah i know yes you know you can understand yeah yeah i know i know okay listen i know you're revisiting an awful lot of it again this morning and that's difficult for you and it's difficult for Teresa. Our thoughts are with you and with your late mother margaret Uh, and let's see what happens uh, going forward with regards to i know that tds are already calling for an inquiry including uh, Cork Solidarity TD Mick Barry he'll be That's calling right, in the yeah. doll this morning for a national inquiry let's see what kind of a response he gets ok listen thanks very much for having Not me. At on all. thank you Sean thanks so much thank thank you thank you. take care very text 0868104106
0: this is the Neil Prenderville show tweet the show at Neil
1: Red FM 104 to 106 Red FM ok quick call this side of uh, 10 o'clock Helen good morning
5: Oh, good morning. Um, You're you're a
1: recently retired nurse, is that right?
5: That's right. And I have been following this whole um, thing going on for the past 15 months and uh, I I am absolutely heartbroken listening to those people how their people died and, um, the nursing home. and I believe that they did not need to have died and a great deal of very important people all over the world believe the same thing but it will not be entertained. Uh, why will it not be entertained? Because it is ivermectin, it was brought out 60 years ago uh, for the treatment of parasites,
1: yeah, worms and, and the, things, in, yeah,
5: worms and things. And in the beginning uh, of forty million doses, apparently have been given throughout the world over the past over the past years since it was brought in. So when the COVID broke out, some great people in America, who you'll find all their names on LifeSide News, doctors, professors, they found that um, in their practices, ivermectin had an eighty-five percent. Um, effectiveness rate, was all this, and this happened within forty eight hours. Effect,
1: again, like what? To 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 do what? Was this people who it's were like, testing positive? Is it?
5: People, yeah, t- people who tested positive or were sick, and who were put on this tablet for within forty eight hours, it, it was gone.
1: Yeah, what was gone? The were symptoms tired. of COVID were gone. Is it?
5: the symptoms are if you were sick very bad with the chest or something like that right okay, so i okay. do not understand why the people in the nursing homes were not given why all those people were let die and ivermectin was never tried now here in ireland we we rang rte we rang the radios we have rang the tds we've asked for it to be taken up in the doll and we have got nowhere with it who's we Myself and my husband.
1: Okay. Um, Because when I heard about you wanting to talk about ivermectin, I just had a quick look at it and I decided to check the Food and Drugs Authority out of America, the FDA, the license, all these things. And they said, do not take it. Um, It has not been approved in treatment or preventing COVID in humans. It was approved for certain things like worms and parasitic invasions and things like that. But I know I'm just telling you what the FDA said. They said, taken in large doses, it's dangerous and can cause serious harm.
5: (laughs) Uh, Well, if that's the case, it should have been taken off the market over 60 years Well No, they wouldn't take it off the
1: market if it was used for the reasons for which it was invented. That's that's what they're saying.
5: Yes, but if it has been found by some of the major people in the world to be working against the COVID, which wasn't there 40 years ago, why would you not use it?
1: And did your son take it in South America or something? He's a priest down there, is he?
5: He didn't just take it. He was given it when he got COVID last April. And he was back working in his parish in three weeks.
1: So I, say that yeah, what do you mean? Like, did he have COVID had... symptoms for that? Was no, he sick?
5: He was, adm- he, he was admitted to hospital and was on oxygen, right? And was treated with ivermectin.
1: And he, but like after three weeks in hospital, he may have recovered anyway. No.
5: No, he wasn't three weeks in hospital. He was only eight days in hospital. He started out um, at home, and then he was admitted to to hospital.
1: Okay, okay. Because you would think that people would have been talking more about things like vitamin D. Uh, Nobody really seemed to talk about vitamin D.
5: Yes, well, if the nursing homes had had their people on vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc... When this happened as well, they would have less of a load of COVID and these people would not have died with ivermectin and with vitamin C, D and zinc. But there is no belief in these things because there is no money in them and the pharmaceuticals don't want to have anything. A
1: lot of people would say that they're only interested in pharmaceutical drugs that cost money because it's all about profit at the end of the day. I agree with you on that. I, I can't comment on ivermectin. I'm, I'm not a medical well, professional.
5: I you should, between now and tomorrow, you should look up Dr. John Campbell who's been doing analysis of COVID for the last 15 months and go back on him he is asking as well why Britain is not providing ivermectin
1: OK, all right thank you nurse Helen and appreciate if you, it.
5: Up, I, if you look up LiveSat News is where you'll find all the major people who've gone to the Senate presented their cases and whatnot in America and are treating their own people so people now are trying to get ivermectin in the black market and they're trying to stock themselves so that if they get this new Delta they will be able to um, look at to themselves. Well, thank you.
1: A... I wasn't aware of that it's good to it's good to know the updates and uh, how people are reacting or dealing with it themselves. And amongst them, you're well, saying that there's a bit of a scramble them for themselves. this. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. They're having to deal with them themselves because there is no provision for anything unless you are taking the vaccine.
1: Okay, thank you for that, Norselle, and Appreciate it. Back after ten. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six.
6: Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens.
0: You're listening to the Emerald Award-winning Music Station of the Year. Cork's Red FM. So
1: that's a bit of good news anyway, isn't it? From Monday, uh, 750 pharmacies across the country will start administering the Janssen to people aged 18 to 34, those who have opted in. So that's good news from Monday. Then Monday week, uh, that same age group can go on to the vaccine portal and choose um, Astra or Janssen. So in an effort to roll it out faster and to younger age groups, uh, many of the pharmacies are on board from Monday. Uh, it's Free Food Friday courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza so we'll have uh, three winners again this morning and you get four large pizza vouchers with sides. You can pick them up then at your own local Oak Fire Pizza branch. So shout outs, thank you Mark. Free Food Friday for all of the gang at uh, her dental, working hard as always. Uh, everybody at Union Hall, Smoked Fish who are listening right now, particularly Sean Nolan and all of the staff, to everybody at Republic of Work getting refurbished. Hopefully everyone will be returning to work in the Republic of Work. Fabulous spot. Uh, Amazon, working for Amazon, but I can share the pizza with the family. There's six of us. Uh, My partner is facing uh, back to 12-hour shifts, so pizza will keep him going, says Sinead. Alma, working at home for the CSO. It's my first week off in a year. Love a treat for the end of the holidays. Uh, just staying at home in Cork with her daughter, Ruby. Morning to everybody at Baroque Healthcare. We have a young man at Barogue Healthcare. His name is Dylan. He's in our care today and it's his birthday. We are having a birthday party for him at one o'clock. It would be awesome to have an addition of pizza at his party Twilight News good morning to you all on uh, it says here Paul Street uh, which is fair enough um, I almost thought that Twilight News was on Patrick Street is there two of them or am I confusing it Dusk Care Studio in Balancholy Cork Distribution in the Little Island O'Donnaman's Life Pharmacy in Balafihan, AirMed in Mallow Joanne at Select Hotels of Ireland all the staff are back working they're listening in the office Cork Cleaning Solutions in Maryborough Hill flat out working hard morning Carl everybody at Cork Taxi Co-op morning Glenn uh, the Brothers of Charity daycare staff, uh, day service staff, Bridgewater Homes in Blackrock, Animal Care Hospital in Douglas, R.E.A. O'Donoghue Clark Auctioneers on Cook Street. And just one to two more, Carrigaline United, the under-15 premier team, collect their league-winning league, league winning trophy tomorrow. So well done to all the young lads. They had a very hard year, but a great win for them So congratulations to Cargilline United, under 15s. They're looking for pizza. And that's from Siobhan. To everybody, uh, all the childcare staff at Little Hands Childcare. Uh, One or two more. Pet Stop on the Kinsale Road, roundabout. And Chair Artistry Hair uh, from George's Key. I love the name. I love the name. Chair Artistry. Good morning to you all. Keep those texts coming. Text who you are and where you are to 086 8104 106. We'll do some more shout-outs in about half an hour's time. To the phone lines we go, Marie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Uh, did you see prime time? Did you hear my conversation I, with Sean this morning?
7: I did, I did, because uh, the, Sean's mum Margaret would have been a, a, one of my mum's little group. She had her own little group. Sean's mum
1: was in Valley so. Yeah,
7: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so and they knew actually, they knew Mar- each other.
7: Mar- Margaret used to look out for her. You know,
1: Margaret used to look out for your mum.
7: <laughs> she used to. She used, because when we'd go down to visit, our mum, she'd say to us whether she's actually eating well or whatever, you know. She'd give us the update on it.
1: So she yeah, was yeah. very clued in, very lucid, very, very. with it. She was Mar- in tune. Mar- Shum- Margaret yeah, yeah. Yeah. My Yeah,
7: had dementia. My mum had dementia, but Margaret used to look out for her. So we used to appreciate Margaret very much, know. you know, down there.
1: And it's sorry to hear that your mum passed away in August. Is that right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah last August.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that-
1: like... Not 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 a COVID related death, sure was no
7: no no no. My mum passed away from uh, like it's like a form of pneumonia. Oh so okay, one From dementia, you know.
1: Okay, well, you were you you had very limited access to your mum in that fifteen? In that, yeah, because
7: you know. of the initial lockdown when once, Balino went into lockdown, they I have to say no. At the very beginning, things were working very well because they they allowed us to come down and do the window visits and. They built like this little home from home kind of thing outside to give shelter to people who were visiting.
1: I remember house. talking about that at the time, and everything they seemed yeah. to have a handle on everything, but did they just it's get it, overwhelmed or what
7: i everything was going great um and up to the time well the lockdown kind of finished it well it eased, and people were allowed to go in and visit that
1: was, so that, was, was the, very, that was the, that was kind of midsummer was wasn't that, it?
7: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. around mid-summer last year, they were allowing people back to visit. Like, you had to be healthy in one thing and another. Um, And only two people from the family were allowed to go for one half an hour. Like, I would have a half an hour once a week, and one of my other sisters had a half an hour in that week as well. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, my mother was upstairs. That was Her room was upstairs sharing with another lady. And the thing was that the lift was broken. After lockdown, when they were able to just bring them maybe downstairs, and then again, actually, now come to think of it, the lady that was sharing the room, my mother, actually was only just taken out for the half an hour while I was visiting her. She wasn't actually brought downstairs either. So, whether that was to do with the lift or whether they were just keeping them still segregated from community.
1: And do you so are you saying that your mom was stuck in her room because of that lift? Well, she, for- was
7: stuck, she was stuck in her room. She 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 couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't bring him down to
1: yeah.
7: the the day community room, room yeah. the, the day room downstairs because of the lift situation. Yeah. Now I did question what if there was an emergency, and they said, that, "Oh no, there is an emergency." Um, kind of like I, I don't know what it is. Um, must be a ramp or something for people that would be in wheelchairs that are not mobile. You know. But one of the girls said to me, oh, a lot of them are very nervous going down there. Now, I can understand that too, I suppose, if you're in a wheelchair and if you're going down a ramp. Maybe you would feel nervous because it's a slope and old people feel nervous about things anyway in general, you know. So, um, yeah, for about six weeks, that lift was broken. Mm. Because I I kept asking, well, how long before the lift? I think they were looking for a part Uh or something. Do you think it
1: hastened her death?
7: I definitely think the lack of communication with the other people that she termed as her friends, even though you wouldn't think she knew what was going on, I do believe that it did. Probably the whole thing COVID-related, not seeing us for months, She probably thought we had deserted her, you
1: know? That must be hard for you to live with now that she's gone.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yes, it is. Yeah, Yeah. even a year on it is, yeah. So, at least we were, we consider ourselves somewhat lucky because we were able to be with my mother when she passed away. Now, it was, it was they, they did leave others in for about five minutes just to say their goodbye, but they had to be healthy and one thing or another. But myself and my other sister, we were allowed to stay with I her until she did pass. I know. I so, know. we had that physical contact with her. So, I we know. were very lucky. We consider ourselves
1: that bit luckier. I know. You know than yeah
7: than the other
1: families, yeah. Well, know but, luckier luckier than the Thompsons, like, luckier than the Kelleher's Luckier than the
7: Kelleher's yes. Yeah, yeah. And the others there were there were another there's another one or two. Well the Thompson family,
1: family, their mam their mam died alone. There was nine of them outside the glass window for yeah, over I two remember, hours yeah. clawing at the glass. I never forget that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
7: yeah, I yeah. Know. All right. I can only I, my heart goes out to them because I, I knew Mrs. Thompson as well from don't visiting my mum. So, and she's such a sweet little thing, you know. But yes, yes, it's it's just so heartbreaking. But like for me, the reason I texted was that I I just think like we should look into the nursing homes in regards to where the likes of my mother was concerned, stuck upstairs, not mobile. Fine. They might have had to use the emergency ramp to bring them down, but that's not a viable thing to be doing every day. It's an emergency. Well, ramp. we
1: have TDs in the door that are making a bit of noise about this. Let, let, let me. Well, let, it's good, let, because yeah.
7: they should be making sure that people who aren't mobile should maybe be in a downstairs situation, so that it's easier for access rather than be having them upstairs.
1: Yeah, nursing home care isn't no. cheap, sure it's not, Marie. We mustn't forget oh, that. Oh no, it's not it's cheap. Not. No. No, you're paying no. top dollar, really. Um, you know, and yes. you expect yes, you, you are ex-
7: because you, well, We went in on the fair deal scheme, which means like that once man's house is sold, that that payment goes to the nursing home. Oh, you know, ult-
1: ultimately, nursing homes are in are in it for profit. You know, they're not run by the state as such. These ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I have
7: to say now, that I found the staff like well, the ones that we knew okay. there because it changed afterwards when a lot of them got ill That's or whatever. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the ones that were originally there the, a, a lot of them were excellent
1: Okay, you know? Right. and, and
7: they, they were great for them you thank, know? thank
1: you for your contribution, I do appreciate it and thank you also for the kind words about Margaret Keller thanks Marie. Uh, Tommy Gould joins me by phone, Cork TD, Cork North Central Tommy good morning, so, so good morning We know of 2,000 deaths in nursing, nursing homes two thirds of all deaths were in nursing homes. Even the wave that came in January and February, you would think a lot would have been learned from it, but we saw from primetime last night that wasn't the case. You know, when we talk about a public inquiry into that, maybe there should be an inquiry into the general standards of nursing home care in Ireland. What are your thoughts? See, Neil, you actually touched on it there with your last speaker.
8: Uh, Nursing homes uh, are run for profit. They're not run by the state, even though the state pays the money, the vast majority of money, into them. Last, last April, Neil, I was contacted by staff in the nursing home. Someone had died of COVID. A lot of the staff had this quarantine. They had no staff to run the nursing home. I was contacted by uh, by one or two people who were left there who were trying to manage the 11 or 12 patients in this nursing home in, in Bishopstown. Uh Trying out for help, I had to get out to the HSC. They had no PP, equipment, then they had no nurse. No, I, uh, I, I had to get out to the middle store. I rang everyone. We, we finally.
1: That's uh, April just two, gone, like not April twenty twenty. Oh, April twenty twenty. Yes. Okay, back at the start. PD. Okay,
8: yeah, yeah. And what happened was, uh, two nurses in the CU here, so I think, volunteered to go in there, knowing there was COVID in there. Now, a couple of people died in that nursing home, and as far as I know, the nursing home had to be shut down that year. Now, following on from that, I released a up- number of statements looking for contingency plans for nursing homes. And I had a meeting with the other TDs and senators with the Hepacy in September down the party, quiz where I raised the issue is of, we all know what happened in the nursing homes, what were we going to do to ensure it would never happen again? And I know was told by the HSC at that meeting a party group with other politicians there that nursing homes were private businesses, and uh, I said that's not good enough. But they still? They're happened.
1: still liable to inspections from HICWA. But but Neil, it's too
8: late We see what else happened in Bally No. Like I know, people, I was in Bally No. Come uh, back a number of years ago. People were very positive about Bally Right, the the families, the are family members like living there. The staff were lovely, right? But the problem was once once COVID got in, there should have been the HSC. The minute someone got diagnosed, the HSC should have stepped in, right? There should be an emergency plan put in place. Like we 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 be calling for a public inquiry. They have a Kalana spokesperson. We be looking for that since last year. The HSC and the government knew this, and when we got hit with the new wave in December, the first places that should have been protected
1: were the nursing home. That makes perfect sense to me because they should have learned from the year before.
8: And Neil, I actually asked, like, I asked the H to See Cork and Kerry last September about what contingency plans were put in place. And if anyone wants to go online, I spoke about this last April, May, August, September, because people were coming to me. There was, like, I'm listening to your callers there, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. I know of a man who was in a uh, heritage house, and his sister passed away, and he got in for the last hour before she was dying. And he went to hold her hand because she was dying, and the staff got upset with him because they were worried about COVID being uh, contagious. And like we need to like, there's been such a lack of disrespect to people in nursing homes uh, and to their families. Like I, I listened to the man who spoke earlier about Sean. how how his he felt he left his mother down and a mother that had done everything for him. And when she was at her most need, where was he and his family? Yes. And you could hear the heartbreak in his
1: voice. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was over and over and again. Those calls. I have another one similar to that in a few minutes' time. There, but there's bound to be now. I mean, it probably it probably takes a prime time investigation to push people into action. But there's bound to be an inquiry, isn't there? There has to be. But
8: there has to be an inquiry, Neil. But my actually
1: worry here today is: we're looking at a fourth
8: wave of COVID. Now, I know all the nursing homes, most of the people have had the injection, but are you still concerned about the nursing homes, even when everything that's after happening, that there's enough staff, there's enough resources, that no matter what happens now, that this will never happen
1: again? But I know that, but that's why I'm saying maybe there should be an inquiry into general standards of care, because if, if, if call bells are being rang and they're not being answered, what if that's happening all of the time in some nursing homes? Like, like, McBarry this morning is saying that the privatization of the nursing home sector over 20 years ago has resulted in profit being prioritized over quality care. Profit, that this is about profit and it shouldn't necessarily be that way.
8: You see, the nursing homes, like, it should be part of the HSC. It should be part of the services that we provide to look after all the people. Like This goes back to what's happened with the hospitals and the churches running up. Uh, the government just passed pass over services to charities, right? And in this case, to private operators. No, Now, they need a lot of these nursing homes, the people who lived in them, were, were very happy and they loved the staff. No,
1: I mean, I know that. I, I had experiences of of a, of a number of nursing homes and stuff. Some of them were great. have to say, yes. some of them were not. They didn't seem like but very pleasant he, places.
8: But that's why we need to be be stronger. But to, to, what you worry here okay. is that Like, we should be looking at taking nursing homes back in, taken over by the HSE and run properly. Like, there was was people contacting me and they wanted me to raise this with David Colette. And if when there's a public inquiry, some people felt that their family members were left in the nursing homes to die because they were so old, they were so frail, that the numbers were so big in January and February in the hospitals. That there was no point in moving them to the nursing home to the hospital because they were going to
1: die anyway. No, but didn't but they moved they moved elderly people with COVID from hospitals to nursing homes. You know that.
8: Neil, what, in actual fact all they were doing was bring it, they were bringing the, the virus into into nursing homes and putting those people then the other patients under uh, under risk and, and what, in actual fact. And I can't prove it yet, but that's why we need a public inquiry. I believe people died because of the actions, some of the actions I were taken. Okay,
1: I've got some more calls, and I do want to talk to Phil and to Sharon. But just just before I let you go, and here's hoping there will be that inquiry, just 60 seconds on on an unrelated topic. I'm getting lots of texts and emails about communions and confirmations being thrown under the bus when lots of planning was done, and people can go and stay in hotels and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, Was that the right call? Well, I
8: actually raised it in the door yesterday, Neil. Um, like, I had people on the phone to me for three days not knowing if the confirmations of communities were going ahead because there was no clarity. I actually, for two days, I was at to the bishop's office before I got a, a, an email yesterday morning confirming they were off. Like, the trust the didn't know, the bishops didn't know, the, the parish priest was telling people it was going ahead until someone told them any different. Uh, like... This is just a crazy situation. We, the, the situation here, and compared to the nursing homes, this is small. Right?
1: Oh, I know that, but you like know. churches are huge. There were individual classes all spread out. the The after functions would have been tiny, with amongst each family doing its own thing. It was a big day for families, wasn't it?
8: It was a very big day and a very big day for the children and like some of these classes would have been had 15, 20, yeah. 25 students. Yeah. Like, the, a, a parent said to me, how can my child go into their class with 25 students, which is a small class, and they couldn't go in to a, to a church which is 20 times the size would of it. It would take
1: maybe three, and 400 more. people, I know.
8: And more, and more. But the thing about it was, the, the, the problem here was that this was a throwaway mark when they taught the that. He just kind of said, There was nothing went up on the Department of Health's uh, website. Oh, you just threw it in
1: in off the cuff, is it?
8: It was an off the cuff comment at the very end of the press of the press conference. That's how it happened.
1: Okay, well, what's done is done anyway. There's nothing to be done to change that. But people are very annoyed about it. It's that you can be sure because not a lot of people had plans done, money spent, and everything like that. You know, clothes bought. You see,
8: these were actually organised. Like parents have been on to me saying that they made it until the restrictions are going to be reduced on the 5th of July. Yeah. And that's why they're booked in for Monday and Tuesday, because yeah. people were, were saying the middle of the opens now, will get the confirmations, communities done. So it won't be like last year.
1: All right. OK, Tommy, thank you for taking the call. Have a good Thanks, weekend. We go- Yep, appreciate it. we got calls after the break. one 850
0: Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106.
1: Red FM. It was one of the additions that we learned from, say, the primetime show last night was the whistleblower aspect of it. In one case in in, in Clare, and indeed in the other, you know, Cajacalla in Clare, heard of all of the things going on there. And also the uh, sadness in Ballino, where 21 of uh, the residents... The residents died. So we were hearing from the whistleblowers in that regard, but we heard from two Cork families as well with regards to Ballinault, the Kelleher's and the Thompsons. So back to the phone lines we go. Sharon, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How
9: are you? Um, w-
1: did I sp- to you? Did I speak to you in January? You did,
9: you did. You spoke to me in January, yeah.
1: Okay, about your, dad, about your dad, John, dad. wasn't it?
5: Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your dad, John, he was 87 years old, John O'Donovan, uh, he was in uh, Bishop's Court Nursing Home. Was that it?
9: That's right. Yeah, that's okay. right. Bishop's Court Nursing Home. Music. How long have you been in
1: there? How long yeah, have you been living been there? there. Uh, How long was it his home?
9: Uh, Eleven months.
1: So he was there through um, all of the all of last year's COVID.
9: He was. He was. He was there during the first pandemic, and it was during the second pandemic that we lost him. Uh, did to he
1: COVID. to COVID? I know. I know. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know. And when did he pass away?
9: Um, the 14th of November.
1: And you couldn't be with him?
9: No, no, no we couldn't, no. We were told that if his pulse got weak that we would get a call to come. Now he died at 6.50 and we got a call at 7.01 to come to the nursing home. And I was the main contact, so I went at 7.01. I got there for about half a seven. And when I got there, um, they couldn't find, I rang them to let them know that I was outside. Um, they couldn't find the key to let me in on the fire exit door then they let, They found and they left me in, they got me into the PP gear. Why
1: do you need a key we, to open the fire exit door? You push exactly. them, you push those yeah,
9: Exactly, mm. yeah exactly and got me into the PP gear and when I went into the room I discovered that my dad was after passing now I was never told, they did know that he was after passing but they never told me
1: How did you discover that he had died?
9: Um, his eyes and his mouth were opened
1: Oh, nobody actually just, spoke to you. You just walked in thinking that he was about to pass away, but
9: yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And did you say to somebody?
1: Me, is is he is he dead?
9: Yeah, the nurse. There was a nurse on duty, and she came in, and I just said to her, "Is he dead?" And she said, "Oh yes, yes. He passed at six fifty. His pulse got weak at six forty, and he passed at
1: 6.50. Was there nobody there to meet you to tell you that before you went there in? Was
9: there was a carer, she opened the door when they got the door open, eventually she left me in. She brought me down to the room where they were putting on the PPE gear. The nurse got me dressed in the PPE gear and then they left. she went in in front of me but never told me that he was after
1: So while she was putting the PPE gear on you and everything and walking you down the corridor and into your dad's room, at no stage did she say, sorry for your troubles, your dad died 15 no. minutes ago. But that no, that seems very unconnected to me.
9: Yes, yes, definitely, yes. Yes, and as I, was, as I say, when I entered the room, it's his eyes and his mouth were open, and I just asked her, I said, and the oxygen was gone off him. I just said, is he dead? And she said, oh, yes, yes, he passed, she said.
1: Do you think maybe she thought you had already been told that John Donovan had passed?
9: No, because she was the same one that rang me. She was the same person that rang me, so she didn't tell me on the phone, so I didn't know what I was going into. Um... My mum, my brother, my sister were in the car park because I rang them obviously when I got the call just thinking that he was going to pass. Um, and my brother came to the window and he knocked at the window and they actually had to pull back the curtains and tell them that he was have to pass.
1: Were you able to open the window?
9: Then they had to get a caretaker, they had to wait for the caretaker to come in because they couldn't open the window.
1: But you did get it to you. You did tell them that he had died through an open window. It wasn't sign language through the glass. No,
9: it was sign language. It was sign language through the glass.
1: Like, how do you sign language something like that?
9: Exactly. I was in all the people. All I could say, like, he's gone. That's all I could say. He's gone.
1: With your hands or something?
9: It. Yeah, with my hands. Yeah.
1: yeah. Waving them.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because I had the face shield on and the face shield I was trying to I didn't want to lift the face shield because they told me not to take it off over Covid
1: was your mum outside the window
9: she was yeah yeah and she had to be lifted up because the window was high and the bed was low and she had to be lifted up to say goodbye to him
1: She's in her 80s is she she
9: is she's 83 yeah and they were 60 years married on the 29th of October
1: that's an awful experience you're sharing
9: yeah yeah yeah, it's unbelievable. Now, the week coming up to it, I asked for him to be, put on ox- or to be put on a drip. I asked for him to be put to hospital. They told me hospital wasn't an option because he had COVID. Um, the nurse told me that he couldn't go on a drip because it could flood his lungs, which I can't understand why. Then I asked the GP, could he be put on a drip? And she told me no, because it might only prolong his life by three or four weeks. And that they had an incident in that nursing home a few years ago where the patient got bed sores. But like that 's their choice look after them that 's their we're painful for their care
1: yeah what, what i'm what i 'm picking up on picking up on a lot of things, but one of them is um very bad communication, and i 'm wondering is this because there was a huge shortage of staff and many of the staff were testing positive and it was, they were short or they were bringing in agency staff but like, because for instance, the Kellehers were talking about calling eight or ten times a day trying to get information and I know it must be difficult for a nursing home if they have 51 families calling every single day but it seems to be very bad communication Yeah, there actually
9: was because when we rang when I was the main person because they told me they didn't want any other family member to ring only one family right, but member.
1: But I I understand why that would be, yeah. you know?
9: Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Now, there was 36 residents tested positive out there. There was eight deaths, and there was 22 staff tested positive. So there were short staff. There was agency staff coming in because when my brother was in the car park, there was actually one of the agency staff asked how would they get into the building. Mm, I know. They I know. didn't know where the
1: entrance was. When you talk of... you've You've gone through many of the unanswered questions already but you said there were many questions left unanswered have, are, are there more?
9: Well no like the main ones are like I mean could we have done more do you know like when all this came out about Nat Bally? no um, like there's questions that I'm asking myself that I weren't answered like why wasn't he put on the drip we should have demanded that he put on the drip why is he left there the way he was I mean, when I got in on the Wednesday night to see him because they called me, like, the oxygen tubes weren't properly sitting on his face. Like, I mean, he should have been on stronger oxygen, maybe, do you know, like mm. there's loads of things, loads of questions that are in my head that are left unanswered.
1: Would you like to see, I think those that passed away deserve an official public inquiry, don't they? Oh,
9: Definitely, yeah. definitely, and you know, this still, this like has to be prevented. It can't happen again. What's after happening?
1: But unfortunately, what happened in March, April, May, and June of last year happened again in January. And it seems to me, from what I can see, I ha- that a lot of it exactly. could have been prevented because of the knowledge they had gathered from the year before.
9: Exactly, it happened in November as well in the second pandemic. That's that when we lost my dad. Yeah.
1: What am I talking about? Of course, November as well. You, you know. Yeah.
9: yeah. 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 It happened there as well. So, like, they had a lot of time be prepared for the next wave of it.
1: That's a heartbreaking story, Sharon. It really is. Um, it
9: is, it is. And like as a family, it's heartbreaking for us because we couldn't even see, the, like we never saw my, well I did see my dad and they saw my dad through the window. But then we had to have the clothes coffin. I know, I know, I know. you know, like after six years of marriage with my mum, like we couldn't, she couldn't say her, what a normal person would say goodbye to their husband or to their wife.
1: And how is she bearing up?
9: She's okay, she's doing okay, she's a bit more confident now since she got her vaccine. I know. But like, yeah, it was heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking and as my, my point is that I should have been told, like I should have got the call at 6.40 to come that he was weak. Yes,
1: but even when you arrived, I won't go over it again, but the, yeah. manner, in, the manner in which that played out is far from acceptable. Exactly,
9: exactly. and we were paying enough for the nursing home, it's a private nursing home.
1: It's not cheap. It's
9: no, cheap. it's not cheap, no, no, it's not cheap, no. And then on the Sunday I got a Zoom call from the nursing home to say that there was somebody there to say hello to me. They had the wrong number. Oh no. Yeah. My oh. dad died on Saturday morning and on Sunday afternoon I got a phone call from the nursing home and when I answered I said, Hi, you have someone here that wants to say hello to you.
1: What did you say?
9: I said, Excuse me, I said, My dad is after passing yesterday morning. And then, oh, I'm sorry, sorry about that. That's our apologies. Sorry about that. <sighs> it's
1: a terrible thing to happen.
9: Yeah, yeah. So unprofessional. It was so unprofessional the way everything was handled there.
1: <sighs> All right, okay. It really is an awfully sad story, Sharon. I'm going to talk to Phil, but thank you much obliged to you for okay, taking my no call. Okay, no problem. Stay I mean, and thanks for
9: listening. Oh thank no, you. no,
1: I'm always here, always here. Thank you so much, Phil. Good morning.
9: Oh, well, good morning, Neil.
1: I recognise your voice. Did we talk before?
10: I think we did. I'd say I've been on a few times. Yeah. Um, okay.
7: Was your was uh, with regard to supporting your, homelessness and? Yeah, care. I
1: recognise yeah. your voice, but it's your. Yeah. We're talking about your mum now, who was in Valley
10: That's right, Neil. Uh, my mum was in Valley for about over three years, and. She had a very, um, you know,
7: happy stay there.
10: Yes, and, and, and it's it's, it's, heartbreaking and for, it's
1: heartbreaking for me because all of the stories for years out of Ballyneau, and, and I spoke to the matron there and I spoke to the manager there on the air a number of occasions, fantastic nursing home, and all of a sudden oh. clobbered.
10: Oh my God, it was fantastic, Neil. Um, well, I suppose, you know, if we were just to look at the landscape of Balino there was, um, up to November, we had, let's say, you know, a lot of very good communication from Ballynow. We had emails every day, you know, letting us know what the residents were doing and how they were. And so we were COVID-free up to November, but the landscape did change, unfortunately, that there was a change of management in Ballynow in November. and. So the communication wasn't the best then from then on. I didn't receive um, any email actually, um, very little up to even December,
11: you know, before December. You
10: and know? Do,
1: you, do you think so that when the two residents who had been tested and were awaiting a result on the 7th of January and were in the day room mixing with other residents, do you think, this, do you think that could be isolated as the, the reason why there was such an outbreak?
10: Well um you know it was absolutely shocking uh viewing last night neil to to find out that that happened you know in the day room that uh, there was people um, awaiting a test mixing with healthy residents I mean that was very shocking for all the families watching and um, and they did subsequently the next that. day
1: test positive yeah yeah
10: yeah absolutely um I suppose the situation for ourselves in my family is that um, I had a lovely visit with my mum around the 10th of January. I changed my phone and my mum loved music and I sang with her for an hour, imagine I asked her which is a lovely memory. I asked her to pick out all her, her, um, her songs that she liked and uh, I had the words up anyway and I sang the song I attempted anyway to sing I'm not a great singer but I attempted and yeah. we had such fun for the hour so yeah.
1: she sang along?
10: Remember, yeah. she sang along yeah she did she sang along and that was the, uh, through the window um, uh, but after oh that, I'm sorry um, that
1: was through an open window is it?
10: no through a closed window um, because of the COVID could we she were hear along. you?
1: I mean you're saying you were singing could she yeah. hear you?
10: Yeah, I have even a photograph um, of her because I took a, a photograph of her and she looked so happy um, with the earphones. So she had the earphones on. So I rang um, the number, let's say. Um, yeah, you're using
1: the phone. of course. All and right, was, I thought you were. Okay, it was through yeah, the glass. Through well, that's heartbreaking, through the glass alone. Through. So Kathleen yeah. was, was 94, very healthy at she that was. stage on the 10th of January
10: very healthy, very cognitive, um, uh, as I said, now she sang the songs and asked about, you know, all the family, um, so I was one of the nominated, let's say, uh, people for the family, so I had, I was after having, let's say, a year nearly, imagine, well, yeah, uh, practically a year from March to January um, of the window visits with my mum. Yeah.
1: So and when did she um, when did she get ill from COVID?
10: Um, Neil, unfortunately, because I suppose um, as I said, we were uh, receiving the emails constantly uh, up to November. I actually stopped looking at the emails in the first week of January because. I um, w- wasn't receiving them. So I was working my visits with my mum and overseeing all that through the reception. So I actually was totally unaware of the fact that there was COVID, imagine, in Balino. I was totally unaware of it. Nobody said it to me when I was talking to them on the 10th um, or maybe a few days even before that, I arranged the visit. Uh, I was totally unaware of COVID in uh, Ballinault. Well,
1: my calculations Um, would have been there would have been the two tested positive on the 8th of January. You had a visit on uh, the 10th.
10: The 10th, yeah. So I was totally unaware. And uh, so I suppose because I was the nominated person in the family, I stepped back and I said, you know, I allowed my other brothers and sisters who hadn't been in contact with my mum, you know, to... uh, have their visits in January, so I stepped back. But uh, towards the last week of January, I started ringing Ballyno, you know, to inquire about my mum and how she was doing and if there was a a winter visit available, I would have availed of that. But I couldn't get through, uh, Neil. I tried for the week. A few times in the week, I rang my brother and... He said he couldn't get through. So um, we were totally unaware. And the shock that I got on the 4th of February, um, I was um, at 10 o'clock at night, I got the call from my brother to say that um, my mum was COVID And that was the first time I found out. So I rang the WhatsApp uh, number um, into the nurse's station and I spoke to the nurse in question or who was on that night and he told me my mum was fine, he was, she was very good. Uh, she, he said that she was eating, drinking and that she could probably survive and which I now know um, was not the case because I started ringing then, I said, told him that I'd ring in the morning and uh, I started ringing in the morning at, until up to two o'clock. I could not get through to Ballynoe. I put through about 10 calls, I was very upset. And I got a a, a call then from um, one of the management to say that my mum had got a turn and would I come up and tell the family. So as you can imagine, we had to speed like up to Ballynow and um, I went in and met the same person with my daughter actually um, and we both, um, were geared up with all the PPE gear and uh, he's put us around the building because of the um, COVID. He explained that we couldn't go through these mm. double doors which was COVID. Um, they were COVID positive uh, healthy people he said mm. and as uh, so we went around the building up the stairs but I have to say when I went into the room Neil and saw my mum I got a terrible shock. Um, and I said to him straight away I said my mum had survived two pneumonias in the CUH and the first thing is water. I said, there's no water here, I said. And so um, I was shocked, like not even a decanter of water, a glass. So um, there seemed to be a lot of young staff on um, Neil, um, quite inexperienced, you know, they were just pulling the um, very young, inexperienced staff, pulling the oxygen mask for my mum and I had to ask her to be gentle and um, I could visibly see it was upsetting my mum but I asked the girl I said how old are you and she said 18 um, um, the whole experience was very um, upsetting
1: um, here in mine now a majority of staff tested positive um, I know residents did clearly and I know you couldn't contact the home and things but a lot yes. of staff were brought in because the majority of the train staff had COVID And had to quarantine?
10: Yes, Mm. um, and I suppose the unfortunate, I am aware of that. Um, Mm. But I suppose um, they were extremely young, you know, and inexperienced. And was that
1: that on the 5th of February?
10: Well, it was on the 5th of February, Mm. and we were just allowed the 15 minutes, heartbreaking, to leave my mum. Again, now, I had a lovely memory because she just turned around and she said, Phil, I love you, which was just so beautiful. And I just said to her, you know, that that I wouldn't leave her if I could stay. But um, uh, it was heartbreaking. And uh, I said to the staff that brought me in um, that we would ring later. But again, there was no contact. In Ballet, no, in the evening, nobody answering phones. And the same again the next morning. No, and but one of the management actually did answer me at 10 the next morning. And I said to her, I'm extremely upset. Um, I'm very anxious to see my mum. And she promised me that she would come back. And she didn't. Okay. There was no call back on the...
1: February 6th
10: up to one and then I got a call again from the same person at 2.30 um, to say that my mum was dying and I said I can't believe that you left it so late to tell me she just said come in as fast as you can.
1: Did you make it?
10: And, well I met the same uh, person in management uh, when I went that spoke to me at 10 o'clock and, um, and she was the person that rang me to come in I met her in Ballynow and she put on, asked me to put on the PPE gear and there was parts of it missing and I explained it to her and my brother was with me and um, he had, I was very well aware that he had a a new baby, you know, so we were all very aware of, you know, going into a COVID positive room and she said that was okay. And then we were very surprised that um, she took steps to go through the restricted area, the double doors were open, and she said, come on, come on. And I said, well, we had to go around the building the day before, and no, no, that was okay. So we actually were allowed to walk through.
1: In full, full PPE. Were you the only family member, or were there others with you?
10: My brother was with me. You and your brother. Okay. Okay. Yeah, my brother, okay. and we, we went up the lift, and the lift took so long to come down, I felt... And I'd say if we didn't go up, we had gone up the stairs the day before. um, But if we didn't go up the lift, I just stepped into the room with my brother and my brother saw my mum's head go to the side and she died. I didn't (sighs) see that. She was dead. Yeah, it was very shocking, Uh, Neil. Words couldn't explain the trauma, you know, that I feel could have been avoided. Um, Being honest, uh, I suppose I had done Passovers with people, you know, 25 years ago, and I am very well aware of, you know, what's needed uh, for a peaceful, happy death for
11: a person.
1: But isn't it lovely um, that your last words with her, her were her telling you, Phil, I love you? Wasn't that nice?
10: They were, they were. It was absolutely beautiful, Neil. And I
1: can hold on to that. Absolutely, um, you
10: can. Yeah. yeah, I can hold on to Chain that. Chain it to your I
1: heart was. with hoops of steel. I know because Teresa yeah. Kelleher's ma'am Margaret, and I was talking with her brother um, yeah. Sean. Um, Hi, she she um, she only got a phone call at one o'clock on a Saturday morning uh, to say your mum has died. Um, management will call you back, and and to this day, no one's called her back. She she wasn't there for her ma'am's death.
10: Oh, it's heartbreaking, Neil. And I, um, I've spoken to a person who um, their mum died in Balino and of COVID and they were never contacted about COVID, that the person had COVID and they were telephoned when their mum had died. And they didn't see their mum. They don't know where she died, what room, where she moved, nothing. So it would be absolutely fantastic okay. if we could get an inquiry into um, you know the uh, problems leading up, and I suppose maybe four days after the funeral, I'd just say because I heard, um, you know, the conversation there before I came on um, was about you know the lessons that were could should have been learned. Really, I spoke to management um, about four days after my mum died. You know, just um, being so concerned for the the residents that were in Ballynow at that time and I asked the management that I spoke to, I asked her, I said, why didn't you call in the army even? And she thought she laughed. She said, do you know what, how big an organisation we are? She said, we cannot access HSE because we have so much staff to avail of. But I mean...
1: Yeah, well, I'm not sure that was, was the case, was the evidence awful. we've seen. It was awful to see, you know, what know. was there. What, yeah. And can I just ask well, you finally, your, your mum, Kathleen, let us think of her, she died um, of COVID and other, other family members that I've spoken with this morning and indeed over the past 15 months, I have to say, when you hear people say, oh, like, okay, people will die from COVID but those that are dying are are quite elderly. How does it make you feel when you hear people saying that the country shouldn't be locked down for people who have already had long lives?
2: Um, You know, I
10: suppose people who have have lived all their life, let's say, um, you know, and given so much back to families, you know, who have loved their own families, who have been so involved, like my mum in the community, and um, They deserve complete respect, they deserve dignity, they deserve support, and they um, hugely deserved um, a humane uh, uh, death, you know, mm. even if they did mm. um, have COVID.
1: It's they the really manner of their death. passing, very well put, uh, yes, 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 I understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah.
11: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. Okay. Okay. Um, Phil, um, thank you so much for taking the call, uh, and let us also Thanks. remember your mother, Kathleen. Um, again, I go thank back to I go back to her last words. They were beautiful, and of course, you can you can take some consolation yeah. from that. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Phil. Me. Take care. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1-850-104-106. Um, I, I, I suppose I shouldn't be surprised that I had referenced primetime this morning and I knew I was going to be talking with, say, for instance, Sean on the subject. But there you go. Lots of other calls came subsequent to that back after 11. I'm
11: Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie.
1: Emerald Music Station of the Year, Cork's Red FM. Awfully sad when you lose a pet because they are like a family member poor old Riley was knocked down yesterday uh, on the cross Douglas Road. I got a text in saying, Hi Neil, my dog was killed yesterday in Douglas, but I'm desperately looking for the lady who took him to the vet. Her name is Sabrina. Maybe you could give it a shout out to me because we are all in bits and we would love to thank her. Happened in the cross Douglas Road area. Riley um family pet passed away and a lovely photograph of uh, of Riley um looking out the window of the car, passing Dinos in the back village in Douglas. Ah, oh, it's very sad. All of the family are so upset with Riley's death yesterday, it's very sad. Uh, but um I'd love to um maybe get uh, uh, a steer on Sabrina who um took Riley to the vet yesterday because the family um, you know, Kevin and his family want to thank you. So if anybody knows of Sabrina or if you are Sabrina, would you ever give me a shout? Text me 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone 1-850-104-106 because the family want to say a proper thank you for your help and your intervention yesterday. So Sabrina, if you're listening, do please get in touch. Free Food Friday today, courtesy of ourselves, an Oak Fire pizza. We'll have uh, three winners again. Each of you will receive four pizzas plus sides and you can take the um, vouchers to Oak Fire Pizza, real wood-fire pizza, the East Village in Douglas, Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street and Gillaby Street. So good luck to you on that. Some more shout-outs to everybody at RPC, College and Grenard who are listening, to everyone working from home for Dell Ball and colleague, including Nell, sorry, Christine, I should say, Martin and Rylan, for Pro Valley and Maham Point. Love some pizza for the lads. Um, keep up the great work. Thank you to all the staff in the East Village itself. Hope things are going well for you all in the East Village, particularly with the outdoor dining. They love some pizza for a change. Working hard day in, day out. Everybody in Tower, happy birthday to Tracy Nolan from Pat, Lucy and Katie. To the Lock Credit Union on the Bandon Road who are listening, they'd share it with the sub office in Toker. Hanley's on the Kinsale Road roundabout would love free food Friday pizza to cheer us up on a non-sunny day. Slide Glide and Contemporary Kitchens on the South Side into Industrial Estate, everybody at Doyle Shipping and Tivoli are listening, AP Vaughan Recycling and Tower, to the staff at Kiri's and the Kinsale Road, Alter Domus in the Airport Business Park, Tiny Tots and Killer, Joe's Edge Hair Salon, um, Cork English College, working hard online, keeping our international students happy. Here's a funny one. Big shout out to the service department in Massey Ferguson Farm Machinery. Remember, if she's not red, leave it in the shed. We're keeping all the farmers going. Uh, morning to the old school house preschool in Nakraha Trevor Toolhire and Victoria Road. Uh, Topman, Barbison, Balloncolic. Uh, <laughs> another one here. Brian Sheehan and all of his Sheehan plumbing crew who are working hard to fix your leaks, heat your pipes, fill your tanks, stop your drips and warm your toes. That's what plumbers do and plumbing crew. Well done to you all. Uh, oh, this is lovely. Nana Margot and Granda Ray, who after eight months are finally getting to see their blue-eyed boy Alfie, christened. Can I just say that's a fantastic name, Alfie. I love it. Um, Balfie Iron Healthcare and uh, Honey Brown Hair Salon in Balancholic. So we'll do one more blast of shout-outs in about 30 minutes time then we'll pick our winners after that morning uh, red fm not sure if neil will do a shout out for a very special girl esme who is three today and she'd love to hear her name called out on the radio i am pronouncing it right am i esme it's beautiful ray and laura didn't get a chance to do it earlier so i hope you can well i will i'll pick up the slack for breakfast not a bother so morning to you all happy birthday esme happy birthday from mom dad big brother bradley that's the job done and little girl much happier because of it back after the break
0: call the Neil Prenderville show now 1850 104 106 Red FM Uh,
1: with regards to all of the palava about uh, well I shouldn't call it palava because it's very serious really with regards to indoor dining and hospitality Uh, what about the people who never want to get vaccinated there are thousands of us will we never get to eat indoors in a restaurant again Uh, morning the amount of generalizing is ridiculous someone just said on the air this is from yesterday that all young people were Without having parties and drinking during the lockdown while the older stayed in give me a break i'm in my 30s single hopefully still deemed young uh, and i wasn't doing any of that my life's been affected just like everyone else's but i followed the guidelines everyone should be allowed to dine inside in restaurants at this stage it is utterly ridiculous now so much for summer i'm sure the majority of teens and 20s behave themselves as well but you only ever hear the minority who take the proverbial And believe me, not all elderly people stayed locked up inside either for the past year. Why is it all becoming a them and us? It's a disgrace. Um, Morning, unfortunately, Leo has more experience dealing with the medical aspect um, than many of the people you talk to on air. Also, Leo moved into his partner's home. He didn't buy this 800,000 euro home. State facts, please, not general statements. Morning, Europe may be open, but I'm looking at live shots from Tenerife and there are very few people there, says Jim and Wilton. That's interesting, spending your time looking to beaches overseas. I like it. Um, I work for a multinational company in Cork and I'm fuming with the government over indoor dining as we have a canteen in work that has a 100 people in it at breakfast and lunch every day since this began. And I'm imagining we're not the only ones. Are the government not aware of this carry-on, or are they just ignorant? Morning, why is it unfair demanding a vaccination pass to dine indoors? It makes perfect sense trying to suppress the virus. It's not rocket science. I'm not a medic, but I totally respect the scientists. So many people are like children about this. Uh, I'm from Cork, but living in the north, and the amount of southern redges coming up from the south to dine is a disgrace. It's crazy that south of the border you can't even dine inside. The government need cop-on, says Lisa in Warren Point, just outside Newry. What happens if a couple are going out for dinner and the female is pregnant and isn't comfortable taking the vaccine until she after she had the baby? Will she or they be turned away because of this? The answer to that is if it were to happen and there was a vaccine passport... Um and you didn't have the vaccine, you would be turned away. The vaccine passport argument is another divide-and-conquer tactic by government. People really need to wake up to the fact that Neffin and the government have a mandate to destroy the pub industry. Hoolan is anti-alcohol, and the government already sold out the industry to Weatherspoons anyway, and other big conglomerates. So that's just, believe me, just a tip of the iceberg of text. So I'll try and dive in again a little later, but I want to get back to our phone lines. Anne, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. Um, you were in hospital a couple of months back and wanted to share a story, is it?
11: Um, it was my, boyfriend, my boyfriend's mother was in hospital. Um, I suppose this was now well before the COVID really, really, really set in where they were allowed to have visitors. Um, so we were allowed to go up and visit her or whatever. So we were trapped, came up this night.
1: We're this is probably what, what what month are we talking about it was a.
11: oh God I suppose April was, yes I suppose April
1: start
11: of April yeah yeah yeah
1: okay and, delta uh, Delta wasn't really on our radar okay
11: God no okay God, no okay, okay go no. ahead yeah. so went in um sitting around sat either side of the bed chatting away whatever this lady across the way um very elderly um, and you know when we would come in and we would go to James's mother, and she'd say, hello, how are you? It was like as if, you know, we were the only people that, you know, or anyone that would come into the ward would, like, say, hello, how are you? You know, because there'd be six in the ward. So I like, thought maybe that was that was her time when she saw people coming in. Maybe she didn't have people to call to maybe her. Maybe not, yeah. You know, and, and maybe she, she know was just own.
1: chatty, talkative. Yeah, woman. yeah,
11: absolutely. Yeah. So that was when We were sitting down, we were chatting away, and she kept ringing the bell. She said, I'm going to go to the toilet. So she kept ringing the bell, ringing the bell. I was like, Geez, there's no one coming into her. So I went out to the nurse's station and I said, look, I said, there's an elderly lady. And before, before the nurse left me finish, she said, sorry, we're actually up the walls here. And I said, fair enough. But I said, there's an elderly lady inside and she's ringing the bell. I said, she really needs to go to the toilet. So I do with her she went few minutes,
1: Was so. this a geriatric ward?
11: No, this okay. is the Norman okay. 3B ward. Okay, okay. Um, went back into my seat. Um, you could see that the lady in the bed was struggling. Um, so, God love her, by the time the nurse came in, she was after wetting the bed. Um, the nurse came in, and brought her out to the toilet, um, was bringing her back in. So when the lady and the nurse were walking back in, you could see that she had the same nitrous on her and the same socks on her. The sheets weren't changed in the bed. No one came in from household to do the bed, to change the bed, to have fresh sheets on the bed.
1: Because that wouldn't be a, um, a nurse's responsibility. No, sure
11: but it. like you would go out straight away and you'd find someone, or you would say to the other nurse, could you get, get onto household and dealing with a patient? You know, like I totally understand that, but at the end of the day, like
1: so, in the same same wet nightdress into the same wet bed,
11: yes, yes, so of course, I was like, I said,, Sorry. I put the lady spoken, and she, so she pushed the pulled the curtain around her, so I couldn't see anymore, and the lady got into that bed and stayed in that bed,
1: so she didn't change and, her anything around the curtain
11: no or anything. no, no no, God, no, no. Oh my God. and i i I felt really upset. Because I thought, would you do that to your mother? Would you do it to your grandmother? Would, like, she's a patient. She was ringing the bell for a good five, ten minutes. Never came to her aid. Like, why Why people become nurses and they're not going to look after these people is just terrible. Because this lady needed a hand going to the toilet. Obviously, if the lady needs to get out of the toilet or at least needs to get out of the bed. And but to be
1: put back inside. in the bed in, the, in in that condition, like, yeah. I, I can only no, really think that's of that's my, that's my that's own that's mother that's or my grandparents you know? or something, you know.
11: And I, I, I looked at my partner and I just said, I, I, I can't. And he's like, don't say anything now, don't say and I was like, And I, I said, I can't sit here and look at that. I said, it's a disgrace. So I went out and I said, you're after putting the lady back into the bed. And they were saying, look, it's actually none of your business what I said. To be honest, I said, it's not none of my business. But I said, would you do that to your mother or your grandmother? I said, she was ringing the bell. I said, I came out and I called you. And I said, you told me that you were really busy and you are up the walls. I said, you were sitting down there talking. I said, you didn't look that busy to me, I said. And I said, you know, it's not good enough, I said. It's really not good enough.
1: Was there a shift said, handover going on, they say sometimes? No,
11: no, no, no. There were just two nurses sitting down. Hands folded, legs stretched out, chatting away, and it's. That's
1: exactly what you saw. Right? Hands folded, legs stretched out. Oh
11: yeah,
1: not you know, not like, engaged, not engaged in medical conversation or such. Not I said. at
11: all, because you know the difference, Neil. <sighs> you know the difference. I know, I
1: know. You I'm you just trying to, to be, be as fair as I can for those that aren't here to defend in. themselves.
11: Listen, yeah. there is great nurses out there. You know, there is great nurses, and
1: so after they said, after she said, it's none of your business. Was that the end of it then?
11: That was the end of it. That was the end of it. And I came in and I just thought, this is a disgrace. This is an absolute disgrace. And I just said, you know, to my partner's mother, I said, you know, if you ring the bell, I said, do they come in? And she said, oh, they do, they do. And I said, I hope they do. I said, because I said, you need to speak up if they don't.
1: I know, I you know. know. And do you believe you
11: know? her? Oh, God, I would. I would. So I why would did this her, nurse
1: yeah. treat this poor woman so badly?
11: But you see, that's why I'm saying, had she no family? had she no family because like I would speak up and I'd be well able to speak up Um,
1: and how do you think she felt about it you weren't able to say was the curtain kept around her
11: curtain kept around her and she came out and like by the way then she was like up the walls you know but like um, this sounds
1: like as if you were a nuisance doesn't it
11: oh absolutely like why are you sitting there watching me what I'm doing but I thought to myself if there was no one ever there if no one if no one came up and was sitting across the way, how long would the lady be sitting in the bed till the tea room comes around? Till she gets her tablets at whatever time? I just thought... Uh,
1: Or or maybe others would come around and wouldn't know the condition that she's in in the bed.
11: I just thought, you know, I just thought it was a disgrace. This elderly woman um, ringing the bell, you know yourself, or like a child. They're bursting to go to the toilet. They can't hold it any longer and they go and like, you know, when... And a lot more work is
1: created by not getting somebody to the toilet on Absolutely. time, incidentally. An awful lot more work then.
11: Yeah, changing beds, changing, changing beds, yeah. But it was yeah. when I saw the socks coming out of the toilet. And, you know, God love her, like you, Ryan, obviously went over her legs whatever uh, it was terrible. It's and it was the walking and I just it's inhumane.
1: Thought, oh my god inhumane. this is crazy inhumane
11: yeah. Yeah. yeah but look I just wanted to share thanks, that story okay.
1: um, it's an alarming story yeah. but thank you for sharing yeah. it nonetheless take care yeah. cheers yeah. ok
12: thanks Neil
1: back after the break on 1850 104 106
12: The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM our phone lines remain open after midday 1850 104
1: 106 do share your stories if you wish you can always email 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 neil at redfm.ie if you want personal information withheld. I'm okay with that too. Here's the solution to the hospitality situation. Ignore the law. Open up all hospitality. Open up all business as usual. If every pub opened on Monday at the same time and every restaurant indoor as well, what can the government do about it? So there's more of us than them. They can't punish everyone and they'll have no choice but then to listen to reason. An interesting take on the topic, I have to say. Open the bars, open the restaurants. I spent the last few days in a hotel. It was ran to perfection. You could not take your mask off until you got to your table, you left your table, you put your mask back on. Staff were seen asking people to put their masks on and to please follow their one-way system around the bar. If the hotels can run it safely, then why can't the bars and restaurants? Uh, I agree with what Neil said about cinemas being indoor dining. My daughter had to cancel her daughter's christening in a hotel. As you said, Neil, the cinema is essentially indoor dining, two hours or more. Love the show. Talking actually about, let me just stay with that topic for a moment. People cancelling christenings, people cancelling communions, people cancelling confirmations. Um, believe me when I tell you, I have an awful lot of contact from people on that. Dennis, good morning. Good
6: morning, yeah. How are you doing? Good. Did you want to pick
1: up on that? No, but I wanted
6: to talk about was the church and the, the first communes and the confirmation. That's exactly what
1: that. I said. Yeah, you wanted to pick up oh, on that, <laughs> so go ahead. Yeah,
6: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm very, I'm very disappointed with the Catholic Church bishops. They they seem to be allowing the, the 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 government to run the church to tell them when they can do this, when they can do that. A couple of weeks ago, it was illegal for a priest to say mass in public. He was going to be arrested, mm. but. Um, the, the bishops should wake up and take control back of the church. If after all, we have we have separation of church and state. Yes, and but they would, obli- they
1: would say we're they would say we're obliged to follow the laws of the land, or else or, or follow the guidelines. You know.
6: Yeah, but they, there's no way the the government shouldn't have no authority to tell a parent that they can't get first communion for their child. And if the bishops had any cop on, and they're good priests. What they would say, once the child was prepared for First Communion in the classroom, all the parents had to do was to agree with the priest to bring the child along and to Sunday Mass and give them their First Communion.
1: Yeah, but it's and about they, indoor they, and outdoor gatherings, you see. If, if, you, if, you want the, if you want the church to be able to take control of what they do, then restaurants should be allowed to take control of what they do. Pubs should as well.
6: Yeah, but what the, what the, what people are already going to Sunday Mass, and all they're doing is taking their child to Mass and then going to receive receiving First Communion. You know, but the problem, of course, the problem is a lot of parents are looking at the first communion. It's the problem with them is that they can't go to a hotel afterwards and have a big celebration.
1: Yeah, but they also could have a communion with 50 or 100 people at a party.
6: They could, of course, yeah. And and if they did it carefully and properly, but they don't have to have a party. They can put their party up.
1: Maybe they're they're worried that that some people would be. We'd be back to marquee land again.
6: Yeah, they would, yeah, but what I'm saying is if is, is, is the people are really interested in giving their child first communion, there's ways around it if they really want to do it. And the church should be smart enough to allow them to do that. Or if always bring the child to, to Mass on the Sunday and okay. give, right. receive first communion. So,
1: so the bishops should take control of the church and just Absolutely, not listen? Yeah,
6: because at the moment the bishops are telling when they can, uh, the, the church is telling the. The bishops, when and when they can't do anything, the churches are the safest place in the country to go to go into. Okay, okay. So, you know they keep telling us to follow to follow the science, but there's never they've never ever ever pre- presented any science to say that there was that there was transmission of the COVID within churches. It just doesn't happen.
1: Okay, let me talk to Elaine if you don't mind. But have a good weekend, Elaine. Good morning. Hi, uh, the clock would have been ticking on your family confirmation. In is it in six yeah. days' time?
13: Well, no, it would have been on Monday. Now, oh. we've received only confirmation from school yesterday morning.
1: Oh, OK, the email I have is... OK, this is an old email that you send. Anyway, it's just... It's an old email. Yeah, it OK. Is, yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead. So so.
13: On, um, my daughter's due to make a confirmation on Monday. We were given three weeks notice, And on Thursday, we received an email from school saying it was cancelled. Now, there was a statement from Cork and Ross and um, saying that confirmations and communions were to go ahead... Sorry, after the 5th that came out on that's Wednesday right. yeah yeah
1: you could belt away after the 5th that's what yeah. we were expecting yeah but that, of course we know oh, now yeah it wasn't until
13: okay. Thursday morning we were just no I had my daughter dressed no we were just dressed dressed
4: yeah you're breaking uh, up a
1: bit there if you want to try sorry. and move around uh, the point being communions and confirmations got cancelled but weddings got increased is it?
13: Wed- weddings were increased yeah no I had been at the swimming pool and cinemas Class and over there's 19 people in my daughter's class. They had been up in the church and um, practicing last week. After yeah. all, allocated seating with four
1: no, I wish I, I tell you what, I wish the phone line was better, Elaine. And if and when it is, I will come back to you, I promise. So I'm going to just park it there for now and come back in a few minutes to get a better line. I'll talk to Lucy in a second. Uh, what happened to the temperature checks going into establishments at Christmas time? Surely pubs and restaurants could carry out the same testing this time around. Pubs aren't interested in engaging in any of that. And apparently restaurants as well. They don't want temperature checking and they don't want anything to do with vaccine passes or stuff like that. Uh, COVID dropped to the 24th leading cause of death in England last month. The 24th leading cause, as stated in the examiner. Uh, people need to, be, to seriously wake up and open their businesses, says Marie. I'm fully vaccinated. My biggest concern going to a restaurant is that I could have COVID and pass it on to someone that is not vaccinated and that person may die. I cannot have this on my conscience. Uh, if the UK does not experience uh, an increase in deaths and cases in the next month, then Neffet will be proved wrong and we'll be dead in the water, says Pat. Well, clock's ticking on that one and let's see what happens in the uk uh, as to whether they have to roll back we're becoming a branch of our own with all these rules i read this morning that england are not going to implement vaccination search for indoor dining or indoor events it seems every other country is living their lives apart from us okay um lucy o'neill has sweet treats by lucy morning Tell me all about your company um, and you had put together all sorts of different things for confirmation, I believe. Is it, Lucy?
14: I had. As yes, in, as in had. sweets,
1: is it? Bags of sweets? Yeah. Boxes of sweets? Hampers Yeah, of sweets. well,
14: it would be well, bags, boxes, everything. But it would it's mostly the majority of people who come to me want to personalise their items. They want to like um, put their kids' pictures and make it a team. And especially for confirmations, if they have, say, purchased like blue and pink balloons they want to have blue and pink personalized chocolate bars and sweet lollipops and that's what i do
1: and did you put in hours prepping expecting july 5th to be launch day
14: hours, yeah, I mean what what I do is the, the parent would contact me and give me their details and then I may well have more suggestions for them, obviously, from dealing with it and I'd say, you know, let's put a bit of glitter here and, you know, let's put a few um, different fonts and style and stuff like that on their packaging and it's back and forward and back and forward and then it's confirmed and then right up until last week, parents had paid deposits for prints to be done and And it came up yesterday that everything was cancelled. So
1: were they calling you then to to cancel the orders?
14: Oh, definitely. And like God love them, they were actually texting me previous to the confirmations coming from the schools that they had been cancelled. Like I had one parent saying to me, oh, I'm ringing the church there and there's no answer. And obviously the church couldn't come out and have an answer because it was such a glib um, just passing from, you know, to New England, That, unfortunately, communions, confirmations were cancelled, but it wasn't in the original statement. Yeah, Tommy T- 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 Gould
1: 8. said that it was a kind of a throwaway remark at the end of a press oh, conference,
14: and it was just picked up, and it was actually asked by a journalist on the on the night, and it was like, "Does that include confirmations and communions?" Mm-hmm. And it was like,
1: "Unfortunately, yeah, one word," and that was it. But you know, all you of know. your stock will that hold?
14: Oh, it will, and it's indeed for many, many months. And I'm, I'm actually more upset at the fact that I live in the local community in the north side, and I work with like the local community that comes to me, and they have put the parents have put so much effort into this for their children that it's something for them to look forward to. I know. You know, I know. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed for me. I'm not going to lose anything because I've had. I have had deposits and I'm going to stand on them, I'm going to stand to them that when the events happen again, that obviously any prints that I have done, parents are more than welcome. But you also will have parents who have paid out all these deposits that possibly, with other companies, may be non-refundable. But what were they
1: paying? Paid so so the child gets communed or confirmed, right, and they get all of your sweet treats and things like that. Yep. Where else yep. were the families planning on going and doing, do you know?
14: Well, for the majority of the families that I have booked for me, from what I've heard, obviously, because there's no indoor dining, they're having a little family party at home, bringing it home, putting the sweets on the dining table, um, having their balloons, having their cakes, and celebrating the day of the child.
1: But how Um, many, you see, their worry is how many people would be in that back garden, you know?
14: Yeah, yeah. But I, I think irrelevant. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to have a celebration like they've they had the weddings going ahead they've increased the numbers for the weddings they're having christenings going ahead this week right up until the 5th of July but it's effective from the 5th of July unfortunately that just so happens to fall on the day that the children were to be confirmed on the 5th of July, you know. Okay. It's just very unfortunate. And, you know, like, obviously listening to poor Sean this morning and all that sad story. It puts things family, in perspective,
1: I understand. Yeah, but yeah, listen, yeah. Uh, yeah. as you said, hugs to all of the children out there who are exactly. disappointed. All right, yeah, good and for you. And we're
14: thinking of them. All right, yeah. thanks, Lucy. So Lovely sure. chatting. Thank Take see, care. Bye-bye.
1: If Bye. a young person has said COVID and recovered, how do they prove that when they're trying to enter a pub or a bar? <laughs> That's an interesting question. Young people didn't ask for a two-tier society last year and now they're being shafted. The youth of Ireland took it on the chin and protect to protect the sick and the elderly. This is a shambles of a government, says James. If you would like to go to Bruce Springsteen on Broadway, you will have to be vaccinated to attend... Uh, Thank you, but I'll pass on that, but thanks for the tip. Uh, Why don't you ask these publicans how much money they're receiving from the government in grants and subsidies? Um, The uh, grants and subsidies are dependent on turnover and maybe square footage as well, but certainly turnover. Uh, And don't think for a moment that a pub or a restaurant, particularly the smaller ones, are getting five grand a week. They're not. Very few are getting that. On the TV the other night, it was said that in the last 46 days, 53 people have died of COVID. Where did the CMO get the numbers from when the computers are down? Uh, also, this government is too spineless to go against the CMO. Well, a lot of it is back to good old fashioned pa- fashion paper trails. You know, you don't need a computer, really, I suppose, to add up the amount of people who died. And pick up the phone and get the information, sadly. My family won't be vaccinated. I don't trust the vaccine. I have underlying conditions, so the vaccine may not suit me at all. I don't mind not going to venues or restaurants. The rest of my family have decided against taking the vaccine, too, as it's too soon to receive it, um, and Leo Varadkar is turning us on each other. Happy not to be vaccinated, not trusting the vaccination, and happy not to be in Pubs or restaurants indoor whenever they actually open. Back after the break.
0: The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil red FM. Uh,
1: undoubtedly I'll be coming back on Monday to uh, some more calls, texts and comments, particularly from earlier this morning. Um one more opportunity now before we quit to uh, get through some of our uh, dreams courtesy of ourselves and living dreams furniture and bedding in Little Island we have a 400 euro voucher to give away um, and we've given away four already today will be our fifth and final one you can take those vouchers and spend them then in Cork's newest store Top International and Irish brands for bedding handmade sofas mattresses and they're down at Little Island commercial centre just behind the NCT if you want to head down to the weekend 11 to 4 by day Sunday afternoon 2 to 5 so I'll do some of those now uh, just before a quitting time this morning. But if I if I plough along, I'll get another call or two on the air before I go. Holly, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Long ah, time no hair. It's how been a, are you? It's been a while. Yeah, how are you all down west? It's all right? Been a, oh, we're great. Well,
15: um, I was nearly uh, killed in a car crash there in February, but that's for another day. Oh,
1: my God. Well, you've eh? made a full recovery, thank God. Thank God I have, thank God. Okay, Um, so you're having a bit of R&R watching television and you've been watching Murder at the Cottage, is it? That's the Jim Sheridan documentary.
15: That's right, Jan. It's not Murder at the Cottage or in the Cottage. It's Murder Down the Laneway, right? Okay?
1: Yeah, okay, okay.
15: This man, Jim Sheridan, a muffin of a Man.
1: I know, why are you saying that? Like...
15: Because he's trying to bring up all the past to a man who was completely exonerated by the highest court in the land,
1: right? And Sheridan says that over and over again. I mean, you've only watched, uh, like, three, three episodes, is it? That's right, yeah. You need to watch it all, Holly.
15: Yeah, but I mean, the thing about it is, right, okay? Let's be honest about it. I worked in Barley court, do not tell management, around that time. Right? Yeah. Okay? I mean, it's a fantastic area. She loved coming over there, yeah. in fairness to her, and she stayed there, and the families come and visit her. But, like, they put this man in the frame for something he did not do. Right? The girls have a lot to answer, and I'll tell you why.
1: And over and over again, in fair, I mean, I've seen both. I've seen the Sheridan, and I've seen Netflix. Yeah. They come at it from two different angles. If anything, Sorry. Jim Sheridan's production is a lot more sympathetic towards Ian Bailey than Netflix is.
15: Yeah, but like what I'm saying is, right, why did he come along with this programme? Why bring up all the stuff again? Because why bring up all the aggravation and all for Jules Thomas? And for Ian Bailey. Let the man rest. Let him look let him carry on with his life. He's fine now, right?
1: Just that's okay. Well that's a, that's well he had I saw him at the weekend, I was down in Skull, I was at the market yeah, and he's and, a marketer, and, yeah. And he's, he's he's still flamboyant and but he he, he has slowed down and he does he look has slower and trailer of yeah. let's be honest, about it. I, I'm you I'm agreeing that? with you there, yeah.
15: Yeah. You've got to understand there, right, when he was exonerated by the highest court in this land, that man and his partner had plenty of opportunities to leave the country and lead a better life. But, but what did he do? He stayed.
1: But he, there was right. no court exoneration as such. It was that time after time the DPP yeah. said there will be no court date. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
15: But let's be honest about it, right? Ian Bailey knows how they're coming up with a suggestion that there was a hitman involved, right? And the court in France want him to go back and tell the story about the hitman. So like he'd be right? like a
1: turkey voting for Christmas if he did that.
15: But just one second, right? When you go to France, I worked in France, family, right? When you go to France, right? Once murder comes into it, you are guilty straight away.
1: Right? Correct.
15: Different laws. You, yes, right? you have to, yes,
1: you have to... Prove you're innocent. I don't like that system, you're incidentally. That. I don't like I it
15: at all. Listen, that man could have gone out to any country he wanted there and lived a lovely, normal life, but he said, no, no, I'm not going anywhere, right? And he's on a boat, a hitman, right? And I'll tell you something, right? And I got to see it. No, 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 don't friends. don't
1: say anything that would get any of us into trouble, you know? Let's just deal it's with what we know. It's not going to get you into trouble. It's not going to get you into trouble.
15: Right? Well, what what Jim Sheridan should be investigating is the guards' barracks.
1: Not interested. Not interested at all. Okay, what we okay, not, go I'm go just go 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 not interested. But, but go what go we are well, actually, the guards come out of this very badly. Um, whether it's you watch bad. Sheridan or whether you watch Netflix, of so that I'll you can the be tapes sure. Abandon. time after the t- the tapes featured very much actually. Um, yeah. And we heard some of the audio from those tapes. We certainly did. the way that there was
15: yeah, there, uh, a, de- de- um, a detective there. Uh, the well, network yeah. Network no, listen, I, 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 I... Holly, I'm going why to park you, it. Why I'm, why I'm why going why to why park why. it
1: there because it's a very contentious why? Why issue. All right, I yeah, appreciate why it. Why come why come why back to me. Why come why come why back. All right, come back to me when you've watched all of the Jim Sheridan documentary and perhaps all of the Netflix. Um, how many people have watched it now at this stage i mean uh, netflix is up isn't it so that means you can just watch number one number two number three um i imagine there are still episodes of are there still episodes of the jim sheridan murder of the cottage being dropped on a weekly basis probably not all of them loaded just yet um i mean i could spend a half an hour here just talking to myself about both of the the different documentary productions and you know my thoughts on it and paraphrasing it and summing up my thoughts on it but I'm not so sure that people will be interested in that what you are interested in though is some light hearted bits and pieces to finish for it being a Friday so in a few minutes time a further batch of uh, free food Fridays and then our free food Friday winners and there will be there will be three of them but <laughs> with regards to dreams this is for our last 400 euro voucher courtesy of oh Paddy O'Brien my apologies uh, we've been trying to call you back Paddy but there's something wrong with the phone number and we can't get you so if you want to call us again Please do, one 104 106 I had a dream that a man was cutting my fingernails just this week. It's the one thing I'm fussy about. The nails are clean and tidy and with no raggy bits. In the dream, he made an awful mess of the cutting of them. He said, oh, sorry, I hope they're okay. I said, ah, oh, yeah, they're grand. But really thinking, oh, no, he's wrecked them. He was dressed in a white coat like some sort of a doctor. I think he was a doctor in the dream. Hardly surprising with the prevalence of COVID to be in a white coat. Bizarre, but a very vivid dream. Woke up anyway and the nails were fine. I imagine that people say that an awful lot of time, even to hairdressers who have made a complete botch job of your hair. The hairdresser might say, are you happy with that now? And you'd say, ah, oh, yeah, it's grand. It's great. Oh, thanks so much. Go outside the door like a demon. Um. Ba-dum-ba-ba. My brother woke up exhausted in a, cold, in a cold sweat one morning. He'd been running away from the local undertaker for the night in his nightmare. He said the undertaker was trying to catch him to, to, me- to measure him for a coffin. And if you think those ones are crazy, here's some more. I dreamt I was in Bandon at the showgrounds. I had to go into the toilet. The toilets were port loos Went into the toilet and it transformed into a huge shopping centre where a gunman was on the loose. It was the weirdest dream ever. I still remember it, even though it's 30 years ago. My God, and of course, in those 30 years, how many gunmen were on the loose, particularly in shopping centres and shopping malls. John says, I dreamt that the government controlled our lives so much that we weren't allowed to leave the house except to exercise once a day and go to work if we were lucky or to the shop. I dreamt that people couldn't shake hands or hug their loved ones. We had to wear masks while shopping, had to queue outside and had to stay two feet apart. Two metres, I suppose. The state moved sick people into nursing homes and killed a few thousand residents. Weddings were banned and only a few could attend funerals. The Taoiseach took his orders from a GP. This dream was supposed to last three weeks, but it went on for 18 months. It was an awful dream. Oh, wait... Beautifully written. I know there's a touch of sarcasm in it, but a beautiful piece of prose nonetheless. Morning, says Morade. I had a dream that every time I press the snooze button on my phone, my phone bill would go up by 30 euro. <laughs> I have two snoozes, actually, so that will be 60 euro a morning. I get sleep paralysis every so often. It's terrifying. There's a creature sitting on my chest and I can't move, but I'm wide awake. Awful. I think that's far from a dream, Rona. I feel your pain. Jason said... Ah, this is fantastic. Have a listen to this. I dreamt that robotic, fire-breathing giants were after taking over Cork, and I was the only person who could stop them, as I was the only person who could fly. I was in the process of battle with one down in Mahan Point shopping centre when I met Simon Zebo, who said to me they were short a player for a game against New Zealand. So I headed up to the Aviva Stadium with Simon Zebo, where we performed Riverdance to psych the Kiwis out after they did the haka. I was in the process of scoring the winning try when herself woke me up. I'll never know if I'd been successful or not. I'll never never forgive herself for that. (laughs) What a great dream. Oh my God, Anthony Pickford said. I dreamt I got a job on Red FM and I was doing Neil's show. One final one, Jonathan. I had a dream that I was eating a giant marshmallow, and when I woke up, my pillow was gone. I've heard that one before. I've heard that one before. Margot, good morning. Good morning, Neil. They're great. Can you beat them?
16: Oh, they're fantastic. Great.
1: Your your brother was in your dream. Is it?
16: He was yes. I was on holidays and I had a dream with my brother that he was um, he's going to become a father, and it was so vivid that I woke up the following morning and I texted him, and I said I had a dream last night that you were going to become a dad, and he replied with sound mar and a kind of a, an emoji face, so that was fine. And about three weeks later, he lives in a different county. He rang me and he said that he was down visiting my parents with his partner. And will I called out, so I called out to see him. And the, to- the two of them told me that um, they were expecting a baby. And that the morning that I sent a text, his partner was in Belarus at the time. She was out going out there volunteering.
1: To I think she was helping in an, an, orphanage. an orphanage, in fairness, An, so, an orphanage, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
16: yeah, she just went out there for two weeks and um, had been on to my brother. They were just obviously discussing what was happening with themselves and she was waiting to come home to do a pregnancy test. So he, he was waiting for her to come home to do a pregnancy test and he gets a message from me to say that I had a dream that he was going to become a father. And
1: obviously... Oh my they were. God. They, you, they, so they <laughs> said, baby. Yeah, yeah, so they they said your dream father. was right.
16: Oh, it was. it was. It was. But I find when I dream, if I can remember them the following day, they're very um, vivid to me. So that was... Um,
1: because that's, that's amazing, amazing. I, I can when I dream and if I wake from the dream I know it's a dream and I remember it right but when I go yes. back to sleep again and wake at the normal time of the morning I have no yeah. recollection of any of it at all I don't even know yeah, why I have no recollection nice. of it yeah. but, I, but I don't but you must yeah. have been freaked out by that were you I mean were you very close are you very close to your brother you could be on the same telepathic path or something
16: <laughs> I don't know he's um, you know he's he was the first brother to come along we, there was four girls and then him then a girl and then uh, another boy so um, it's you know we were obviously all very close, but it was just a weird one. It was Very weird. It's,
1: not, it's actually he,
16: could, he couldn't say it to me. No, he couldn't say so it to you. But
1: the morning that you had the dream, he he knew. But
16: <laughs> he knew what was happening, but he couldn't say it to me. So when three weeks later, when I went out home, when he cut co- when he phoned me and he would tell us the news, I was looking at him and he said, "Mar, he said I'm above a home and you're sending me this message." He said it was weird. So I had a lovely baby girl and they now have three girls, but um, it was a lovely story.
1: It's more of a premonition, really, than anything, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. It a was just premonition anyway. from your subconscious. Nice. Fantastic. Uh, Margot, thank, yeah, yes. thanks so much. I want to talk to Marguerite because i just try and get as much in as I can. Marguerite, good morning.
13: Good morning,
1: Neil. How are you? Uh, okay. So tell us your dream.
13: Um, well, when I was pregnant with my sixth child, my mother was sick and she died, unfortunately. But before she died, she told me I would have a little girl because I had five boys previously. And four months later, I had my little girl and I was in the hospital. And that night, I something awoke me in the room. I don't know what it was. And there I looked up to the ceiling and I could see my wonderful mother looking down on me on a cloud with her thumbs up. And she smiling down at me. And on a so, on a big
1: cloud? Was it her whole on, body on a, or just her face?
13: No, her whole body. She was standing. She was kind of walking on it, and she she always had a saying that whenever she's happy, she'll always be walking on cloud nine. And yeah,
1: and, were you awake? Uh, you were woken by something?
13: Yeah, I was woken, and I looked into the cot to see my daughter. After all the boys, I was so elated. And she was sound asleep and I just could see this vision in front of me and I was there, okay, what's going on here? And I could see my mother as plain as day and she had her thumbs up and she's smiling down on me and she's surrounded by a cloud. And I, of course, I, you know, started crying and I was there. She's delighted I had my little girl after all the boys. So, and I called her after my mother, of course, and then, um, yeah. But do, you, probably, um, do you?
1: Are you a hundred percent sure you didn't dream it? Are you sure?
13: I, I I don't know. Like I mean, I felt I was awake, staring at my mother, looking at me. You know. And,
1: but even if you dreamt it, she came into the dream, didn't she? She visited oh, you in the dream. Yeah,
13: yeah. But um,
1: you didn't it, try no, and communicate was, or talk to her or anything like that.
13: I I, I was I was just stunned. Really, I suppose. That. But I felt that she was. I felt her presence there. I just felt that she was there, and she was delighted that I had. My little girl. After all, the boys. that you know, after five boys, and we have the girl. I then.
1: know. I know. It's yeah, fantastic. And it's a beautiful yeah. story. It really and truly is. Mm. Hold, hold on there. Thanks for sharing it, Elaine. Yep. You'll probably be my last call on on dreams for the week now. So what have you got?
2: Um, no, it was just when my daughter was
7: three. Um, she had a very close bond with my granddad, and um, which would have been her great granddad. um, Because
1: he lived with you didn't he as well?
7: He lived with us yeah and um, he got very sick and he was inside in hospital and no she couldn't come in she was too small to see him but um, she missed him a lot and when I went home on the Sunday night um, I was putting her to bed and she went to sleep and just as she went to sleep she sat up in the bed and she said Grandad's gone to sleep and at the same time the phone rang to say that my grandad her great grandad had passed away and um, so, like, she was too young, she was only three, but I just feel that he came to her in, his, in her dreams just to say goodbye because they had such a close relationship.
1: Isn't that amazing? And you were there yeah. f- to see her sit up in bed and say that?
7: Yes, yes. granddad has yes, gone grandad, to sleep. I was, I was standing there and she just, said, she just sat up and she said, Grandad's gone to sleep. And she laid back down in bed and just then
1: the phone rang. To tell us that my granddad had passed away. I wonder? Did you ever chat with her subsequent to that to see if she remembers i
7: spoken with her. No, she can't. No, she can. She remembers my granddad, um, because she dream. like she's going to him every morning, and she's play doctors with him every morning when he was sick. was going to pretend to be the doctor. Um,
1: Incredible, isn't it? Visitations. Yeah. your one or Marguerite's one. Your daughter's one or Marguerite's. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, she's
7: twelve now, but she still remembers him very well and misses him. So All right. It well was lovely for her
1: yeah, absolutely. Do feel that to feel she came to say goodbye to his lovely, lovely granddaughter. Okay, thank you for that Elaine. Hold on there guys, we'll pick a winner in a couple of minutes but uh, just one or two more shout outs to everybody at Argos and Mahan Point, Dermody Den- Dermat De- Dental Practice. Happy belated 60th to, to Christy Snos, Malkahi from Mayfield. Oh, we'll do that for you Greg, no problem. Cloned Dairy Products and Wilton are listening. Everybody at Jim Kelly Associates to the gang, uh, working in Skibbereen, working from home, Jamie, good morning to you. Working for UCC at home in Ballon you kept me going in the last year. Thanks Moira, to everybody at Mayfield Sports to uh, Keepsake Candles and Frames O'Leary Insurances uh, Baker Finn Recruitment Filling uh, Pharmaceutical Jobs Maternity Nurses in Cork Working Away Hard Including Michelle On Ruther in Middleton DPD Depots 27 And uh, I'll leave it at that actually because we need to pick some winners So the guys have given me our pizza winners now for today and each of you will receive three large pizza vouchers with sides courtesy of yourselves and Oak Fire Pizza Alma working at home for the CSO it's your first week off in the year you're not going to treat just yourself but the entire family and uh, Ruby who's 10 so there's a bit of a birthday going on as well to all the gang at Gronabra her dental working hard through the pandemic and that's from Colin and all of the gang pizza for you guys and Joanne in Select Hotels all the staff back in the office helping people to book their staycations and they'd love to win for all the staff at Select Hotels so you guys are the winners Winners of pizza this week, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. Our final €400 voucher for Living Dreams. Off you go down to their showrooms in the Little Island commercial centre behind the NCT. Uh, The winner uh, they have chosen is Marguerite, who told the story of uh, being pregnant with her sixth child and that it would be a girl and her mother visited her. A beautifully told story. So a 400 euro voucher for you. A pity I have more. If I would more, I'd give one to everybody who came on air. But it doesn't work that way. Uh, but last week, we had a great competition with Carew's Wood and we gave away a state-of-the-art Weber barbecue. Big, huge beast of a thing. Eileen and the family won it and I think they got it during the week. So she just came back for a quick just a, a quick update, Eileen. Hi Neil. When did I you get it, to... did you get it Wednesday?
12: I got it on Wednesday. They sent it up. It's the state of the art. It's a beautiful barbecue, but they were so nice. They delivered it to me. Cover and they have a beautiful cover over it and a book with it for all recipes and um, <sighs> utensils and everything, Neil. And I have to say thank you so much i and and have, have you it. used uh, it yet? No, Neil, I haven't used it yet. well you
1: have to go to college <laughs> to do a college degree in the Weber barbecue cooking? Uh, you, you said it. You said it. We get
12: there. We get there. There's a long summer there. So with you're there. just you're just kind of
1: like admiring it for now, is it? I know exactly It looks gorgeous The garden (laughs) You you wouldn't want to You'd want to keep it Nice and clean and shiny I suppose
12: (laughs) I do love That's what they're saying It's a shame to (laughs) dirt it. Well listen You're
1: one in a million For coming back And saying thanks yet again You really are A very very kind person
12: I appreciate it love And I want to say thanks To Carew's Wood Garden Centre also Well done Eileen
1: You're an absolute dote Listen Fire it up over the weekend Don't be hanging around
12: Okay, love, Get a bit I of chicken, even... a
1: couple of steaks and a few jumbo sausages and off you go, alright?
12: Thank you, Neil so much, Bye, Lane, take care. Thank you to everyone, thank you very much. Out of much. time, Bye-bye. courtesy of ourselves and
1: Tesco, have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday.
12: Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe
1: and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.